does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. We got six games left, and I think we got to win them all. I mean, that's just maybe I'm putting pressure on our guys, but that's the only way I can coach. You know, we got to take it one game at a time and try to win them all. 12-point Nebraska lead. Lawrence for three. And that is the cherry on top. Lawrence tonight caps it for Nebraska. Dribble it out. And an 85-70, and now... We didn't compete. Well, I mean, when you give up 51 points in the Big Ten and a half, it's, you're not going to beat anybody. We're young. We're missing our senior point guard. We're trying to play a freshman at point guard. It's tough. Gallo struggled tonight at trying to play the point with his six turnovers. It's a lot that comes in play with that. We've played well enough this year in spurts, but not well enough to complete ball games, and that's what makes it frustrating. Oh, come on, Mark Dykton. Don't do that to Woody. Don't do that to Mike Woodson. Come on. Well, he said they had to that's win them not, all. That's and not They lost funny. right out of the gate. Of course, that's funny. I was wondering, you were in here editing Smiley, looking at something. I was wondering what you were doing. All right, let's welcome uh, everybody in. It's the wake-up call. I feel better today. I sound much worse today, and I'm not exactly sure why that's the case, but we got you for the next three hours here on the wake-up call, and, and there's nothing to say. Another dreadful, uh, dreadful performance for Indiana basketball. Absolutely disgusting. Three straight losses at home now. Nebraska, Penn State, Northwestern. KB, a good morning to you. Yuck. Yuck. Good morning to you as well. It's another busy night of hoops here in the state. Pacers back in action tonight. Detroit in town. It looks like maybe we'll get Benedict Mather and Jay Nivey in the starting lineup. Actually, with Aaron Neesmith ruled out for tonight. So we'll touch on the Pacers returning from the All-Star break, Purdue sees a very different Rutgers team than they saw, or at least I would say one piece is different. Rutgers have been playing much better here as of late. Uh, so both of those 7 o'clock tips coming up tonight. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it has now reached just the historically embarrassing levels in Bloomington. Um, you mentioned the three straight home losses, Andy. Three straight home losses to unranked teams. I, I'd be willing to bet in the illustrious history of that program it, there's no way that's happened more than a couple of times if that uh you know all we talk about is the vaunted nature it, it's easier to climb everest than it is to win on the road in the big 10 and you know look at <laughs> illinois last night losing in is it called the wreck gym or yeah, is this just I like think so boy they choked man i love the that it's called the wreck gym for penn state uh, the vaunted nature of going on the road in the Big Ten. Well, Indiana is protected home court by losing uh, to three straight unranked teams. And, you know, I, I tweeted out late last night, I could do the star ranking thing again that I did a few weeks back with Penn State. Nebraska's got, they've got two dudes in their starting lineup, Andy, that were zero stars. Uh, I, I didn't even know that was possible. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, 51 points in the first half. Outside of that seven, eight-minute stretch to begin the second half, just really a beatdown um, from Nebraska last night. And again, it has reached now the sad, pathetic, historically embarrassing level of this season. Mike Woodson talks about a young team a lot. That is a frequent um, cop-out, in my opinion, uh, in those press conference settings. 
Andy, when you get to February 22nd, a young team should be showing signs of life. Well, it's also they not true. They should be ascending. Right. They should be, you know, oh, wow, here's a spurt here or there. Here's a game here or there where, okay, you see a little bit more of that. And, and no, this is a team that is literally going over the edge of the cliff here. Uh, so the Indiana season, uh, continuing last night, reaching those levels as a Nebraska team that had not won on the road yet in the Big Ten, had lost those games by an average of 12 points. They come into Bloomington and, again, control it for 30-plus minutes and win by 15. Uh, It's also not true. Mike Woodson talking about his team being young is not true. He can't be allowed to say things that just are fundamentally not true. I mean, Malik Renew has has played college basketball. Khalil Ware played college basketball at Oregon. I mean, he's got guys. He's got guys. I mean, Anthony Walker. I know uh, he's got a couple guys. I mean, on the he bench would point two. We're starting played. two freshmen and two sophomores. Yeah, well, well, I, 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 I don't to know. Co- welcome to college basketball, right? I don't know where they rank Who on cares? the youth meter. Who cares? But to me, it is again continued excuses. I talked about it yesterday with Xavier Johnson. They're eight and six with Xavier Johnson in the lineup. So you know, acting like they all of a sudden would be some. Final Four team, whatever, NCAA tournament team, however you want to describe it with Xavier Johnson, just is not true. And look at the last couple of home losses. Penn State without their leading scorer. Northwestern without a guy that is a double-digit scorer as well. And we're talking three, yeah. again, mediocre. We, we In Nebraska, Northwestern, and Penn State, I mean, in Nebraska and Northwestern's case, just on the other side of the bubble, in Penn State's case, obviously nowhere near that. And they come into your building, and Penn State beats you by 14. Nebraska beats you by 15. And Northwestern had that game in full control for, again, 30-plus minutes. This is not some flu. It's not, you know, flu class second shot or something along that nature that's beating you in your own building. By the way, shout-out to your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You took that. Did you take that one-and-a-half last night like I told you? I basked in one, the glory it? of that. <laughs> that was a beatdown of the Kenny oh, Payne. Oh, man, it was a beatdown last night. That was an easy one. Listen, the easiest thing for us to do here on this Thursday – is to yell and scream about IU basketball and Mike Woodson. And I, Kevin Bowen, am stuck between doing that show, which we can do, which I think the majority of Indiana fans waking up probably want to hear, or at least some do. We can do that show, or I can wonder calmly what the leadership thinks of Mike Woodson and their basketball program, because I don't know. I don't know what Scott Dolson thinks about what's going on when you allow 51 points in the first half to a Fred Hoiberg-led team. Like, I'm asking, like, if I'm an IU fan today, I wake up, and really this has been the majority of the season, and I sit here and I'm like, okay, do I want to be mad over this, or do I want to hear what's going on with my program because Mike Woodson, and I and I know this is, it's the most dangerous thing. Mike Woodson reminds me a lot of what I covered with Kenny Payne at Louisville last year. That there, are, that there are excuses, that the majority of the excuses are not real, that they're made up. I don't want to hear, you know, if Shane Steichen took over the Colts last year and they had four or five KB big time weaknesses. You could understand his frustration. He doesn't choose the players. And Mike Woodson, in the NBA, Mike, you didn't choose the players. Your general manager picked the players. 
But in college basketball, you pick the players. And so when you're whining and crying after a game about a team being young, it's an indictment not on them. It's an indictment on you. And he doesn't get that. He either knows that, and this is the way that he's going to pitch his program, or he doesn't get it. Yeah, there's and zero, I don't know which one's scarier. The, you will listen to press conference after press conference after pre- press conference with Mike Woodson, and you will not hear an ounce of accountability out of him. Uh, because to your point, yes, you are the CEO, you are the GM, you are the head coach, you're all of that. Um, I mean, hell, I don't even think he took accountability for the jerseys the other day that they wore. Um, well, he bashed the jerseys, Adidas, who funds your program. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think if you're Scott Dolson and Pam Witten, you have to have a very real conversation because the Mike Woodson arrow, he did not walk into Tom Crean level sanctions, you know, put on him by Kelvin Sampson. He, he walked into one of the best players the program has seen in quite some time. And he walked into a situation where, you know, really, Andy, I think the thought was, OK, this is a six ish year tenure in all likelihood. You know, he'll reach whatever, 69, 70 years old, and then, you know, whatever. He'll pass the torch on. I mean, hell, I think originally it was he'll pass the torch to Dane Fife. Like, that was the thought, I think, originally. Well, you're three years into it. Again, there is zero ascension from a program that is very, very – where is the in-house player development with key guys? The one guy that I would say you feel good about with their effort this season, he's going to the NBA. And Khalil Ware. So when you talk about it in that light, and you talk about, again, the possibility of a Dusty May and openings at Ohio State and Louisville, don't you have to think about getting ahead of things? Don't you have to think about the inevitable? If this was going to be six to seven years, and after three years, this is where it's trending, I don't see tons and tons of positives or optimisms for what the next two to three years could be like, when again, in all likelihood, you were probably going to do this song and dance after like 2026 anyways. That, I think, is where you have to have the real conversation. And I get the finances complicate things a whole, whole lot. And I know that it's probably unlikely they make a move like that, but you would be, be uh, you'd be living in your own little fairy tale land, and you'd be playing the emotional card big time with Mike Woodson of one of our own if you were unwilling to have that conversation. Yeah, I, I don't know what Scott Dolson thinks. I, I but don't, don't know. you have to I, have I it? I, listen, I'm with you, but if I'm an, if I'm an IU fan... Like Notre when Dame this tried is it with oh, Bob Davies on the Lou Holtz staff. <laughs> oh, you know, again, I have been here uh, as, as, as a fan. Like, many programs have. Like many. Notre Dame football was at this level where, oh, Charlie Weiss is one of our own. Yes, he's going to be the answer. And when you try that... And all of a sudden you're thinking, how long do we keep this guy? Do we, are we, because he's one of our own, do we have to? No. At some point they made that move for Brian Kelly, a man that had zero ties to the university. And all of a sudden he got that program back onto the footing of where it should be. Because again, Indiana should be on very stable ground, especially in present-day college athletics, when it has turned into such a go-and-shop-at-the-market and whoever walks in with the most money is probably going to be darn attractive to the high-level sorts of recruits and transfer portal guys out there, Indiana walks in there unlike 98 99% of college basketball programs from a facility standpoint, from an assistant coaching pool, from how many people... I mean, I could not believe, still, how many people were in that building last it's night. It's unbelievable. Like, it, it is. It's um, and, and every and time the they game. made that run, yeah, they're in the game. you could hear that crowd. Like, I'm watching the Louisville game against Notre Dame, 
Andy, that's that a big crowd for Louisville. Last beyond time, by apathetic. The way. Yeah, yeah. If Michael Shrewsbury didn't have a hundred of his family members there, there's no one in that building. Yes, is Indiana full to the brim last night? No, but there still is a passionate group down there that, again, absolutely dwarfs what I saw in Louisville last night. And if you're Scott Dolson and you're Pam Witten and you realize, you know, especially Pam, like if you're the new president and you're like, okay, walk me through these finances. We're investing this and that's the return we're getting. The, even financially, if you want to play like the business right. side of not it, even wins and losses. it's not sure. adding up whatsoever. Uh, it's not. And we're to the point, we have hit the point. I know we're making parallels uh, of Louisville and Kenny Payne and, and Mike Woodson at Indiana. But I, I believe that we have hit the point and Louisville hit this point with Kenny that no matter what he says, it's going to be, n- number one, it's going to be a, a, a terrible message and the message is going to be received poorly. I feel like that is where we are now with Mike Woodson. Well, the We're Mike, squarely there every time he speaks. The Mike Woodson uh, press conferences, uh, it, yes, we, we are there. And to be fair, Andy, it's probably low-hanging fruit. But watch the product. If you don't want to listen to the press conferences, fine. Because those words, yeah, Mike Woodson is just, it, 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 he's not doing himself any service with the type of you know lack of accountability comments he has on a routine basis. But go watch the product. Again, I think right now, find me, I I think it happened one time in the Korean era, it is extremely rare in the history of this program to see a team lose three straight games at home to unranked opponents, and they have been out, in those 120 minutes, they have been thoroughly outplayed in, I would say, 90 to 100 of those minutes. There's no doubt. It's not like, Andy, they had a back and forth, punch you, punch them, all of a sudden, here we go, Nebraska, Indiana, this is back and forth. No, 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 that was not that game last night. It wasn't with Penn State when they were without their leading score. It wasn't with Northwestern either. And that, to me, is if you're going to live in just a little present reality, and put Woodson's words to the side, if you're Scott Dolson, man, I keep on hearing young team, young team, young team, where is the growth? Glimmers of growth. Like, I, I don't see any of it whatsoever. Where is the you know in-house development for guys that you have recruited? I see none of that. And to me, if you just want to separate emotions, separate words, and watch actions on the floor, I don't see any of it. You know, they made it a three-point game and then they came down, they missed a layup, they had a C.J. Gunn wild drive, and then they had a turnover. That, I mean, that's what they did. They got it to three. In the next three possessions, they didn't do anything. Nebraska hits a three. Nebraska gets a wide open layup. Nebraska gets an and one. That's what happened after the game became a three-point game. Where well, you finally had the emotion. You had a timeout. You had three crap possessions, and Nebraska came down three, layup, and one immediately. And then the game's out of reach, and that's basically double figures the rest of the way. Well, I mean, the game's over when you're down 20 and a half. Like, I, oh, yeah, sure. I, I, I know it was a you know, spirited eight-minute run, but now you've just put unbelievable pressure on the rest of your game to have a historic comeback. And honestly... As soon as they flipped over from Penn State, Illinois, and our guy Tomonaga, <laughs> uh, the Japanese buddy healed, no, who the Pacers need to draft he's late in the second out. round. Oh, yeah. When he hit the first one, I'm like, I might as well just go to bed. <laughs> and then he, you. I think he hit a second. Oh, yeah. And then I believe he hit a third hit a, before they went to a timeout. He hit a fadeaway mid range jumper. And he always is very injecting into the veins. Always. It doesn't matter where he shoots from, he's injecting into the veins. He is. You got to think a very healthy IV pack there. In Lincoln, I, so. I just I just don't know if Indiana fans want to be 
if they want anger, if they want yelling and screaming, if they want, you know, Mike Woodson needs to be fired, or if they're stuck in between, I know I keep going back to this, that they want to hear what's the actual plan for the organization. You may say, well, Andy, you got to wait to after the season. That's fine. You don't. Number one, you don't. Uh, but number two, I, I just... That, that's where I am stuck is we have done the fire and brimstone with the ineptitude of Mike Woodson, the lack of coaching, the lack of development, the lack of recruiting, all those things. We've done that. And Woodson continues to say ridiculous BS like they're just some young team that can't be overcome. And I don't understand it, but also fundamentally, what does IU want from their basketball program? And if I'm an IU fan today, it seems like the people in charge are living with the sloppy product that they're getting on a consistent basis. Well, I think when you hire one of your own, you very quickly can fall into the trap of kicking your feet up. We've satisfied the alumni. Look at the ex-players loving this. And to be fair to Mike Woodson, he has gotten several very notable recruits. You know, it's not like they've lost the star game. Uh, th- th- that has not been. I mean, there have been five stars after five stars yeah. and high four stars. Right. Like that has not been. They've won the off season quite often, seemingly. And so I think you just fall into the trap of complacency, and you oftentimes will hold on. You will, you know, here in our own market, you know, Jim Irsay made an emotional decision to hold on to Chuck Pagano for one more year. I guarantee you, part of that had to do with some of the off the field stuff. Sure, that Chuck had gone through. Sure, and, and that's it's difficult. It's easy to sit here and say no. You know, Untie yourself from those emotions. Get away from he wore this jersey at one point. It was a great player and a beloved player and all of that. That's the conversation Scott Dolson and Pam Witten have to have, absolutely, with how this season has unraveled. All right, again, Purdue's got a new-look team tonight in Rutgers coming into their building. Uh, Rutgers is one four of 5 Those in Vegas don't really care. Purdue is a 16.5-point wow. favorite. It's always 16.5. It is always it's that. It's always that. Inside of Mackey, the Pacers, a double-digit favorite as they welcome in the Detroit Pistons to town. Um, some national news regarding the Pacers from yesterday, uh, and we will also get into what that injury report looks like. I would say some bad news on it. Some potential good news that we can share as well. Scott Agnes joining us 8.30. I did see yesterday the NBA released the most viewed Saturday night in All-Star history. Really? Um, There weren't a ton of details outside of that. I'm hoping Scott might have a few because, again, you get those press releases and I'm like, wait a minute, that sounds too good to be true. It's a PR machine, sure. Explain to me the real facts behind it. I'm hoping Scott has that. And you know what? It's not all... Ugly in Bloomington, I guess. Tonight, that place should be rocking, and I say that in all seriousness. Caitlin Clark is in the building. Megan McEwen, who our local audience, she now is Megan Wallace. She's gotten married. Uh, but locally, Megan McEwen is how our audience will probably remember her from Wish TV. She's been on the call of several Caitlin Clark games this season, was on the call uh, of the last time we saw Caitlin Clark, obviously the, the historic night against Michigan. Uh, she's going to join us at 9 o'clock. It'll be a pretty unique night. Inside of Assembly Hall, so we'll do a little bit of that coming up in the 9 o'clock hour as well. Good Thursday morning to you, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton on the 1s and 2s, 93.5-1075. It is the Wake Up Call. March starts here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, March 11th and 12th. All right, you're 
right, your morning checked out. Two quick things. By the way, Scott Agnes is going to join us at 8.30. And then I figured I was going to mention this in the first segment. We need to do like a public announcement to people listening right now that may not have any idea. Now, I don't think this has affected you guys at all. But if you have AT&T and some Verizon carriers today, you're not going to be able to use your phone for a little bit. Have you guys seen this? Now, I don't know if it's affected you. It absolutely has affected the Sweeney household. Uh, You can connect Wi-Fi, and that's all good. But if you're in your car or going to be in your car here soon... Uh, and you're gonna, and you're thinking you're gonna, you know, look at Twitter while you're sitting in traffic, or I don't know, stream us, or whatever you may do in the morning. You may see in the upper right hand corner SOS, which means you can only make emergency service calls. Uh, and I know WIBC.com they put up a story about it. I know it's all it's all over nationally now. About two three hours ago, this happened to all T, uh, all AT and T customers and even some Verizon. So that adds to my technological debacle that I've been through the last 24 hours. Yeah, everything okay on my end. But yeah, I saw that from Same. WIBC, and it does sound like it's impacting quite a few people. Yeah. So and, and hopefully saw, that gets resolved yeah, ASAP. I, I saw it from IBC because I'm sitting there thinking, what's going on? What, you know, I can't use anything, basically, uh, this morning. So let's trudge on. Uh, debacle last night we've talked about at 85-70, Nebraska over Indiana. Three straight losses now at home. Northwestern, Penn State, and last night to Nebraska. Three straight losses against unranked teams post-game. Here's Mike Woodson. We're not putting full games together, and that, that's what's frustrating. I mean, you you have to win at home in the Big Ten. I've said that when I first walked through this door. It's always been that way. You know, you figure the road out when you get out there, but you can't lose games at home. And you know, we've lost more games at home this year than we've had in the last two years, and that's kind of frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating. Like I said, three straight losses at home. The other big storyline from last night, whether it's the end of the first half or the end of the game, the Boo Birds were out last night in Assembly Hall. Trey Galloway heard him. Here's what he had to say. I mean, it's part of it, but I can't really worry about that. I just got to worry about helping my team, and we got to be focused on um, each other. We can't worry about the outside noise um, and just be um, a unit and stick together. Andy, Nebraska 0-7 on the road coming into last night. Those losses by these point totals. 11, 16, 18, 5, 22, 3, and 12. So five of those seven losses by double digits. They come into what is thought, and I've certainly thought this for years, one of the toughest places to play in college basketball, and they win by 15. Uh, is Chris Tucker boys with Mike Woodson? That was the individual highlight for IU. Why was he there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an Atlanta answer. connection from the Hawks days. Dude, I, I was I, confused. I have no. That should have been the question post game. I kind of want to know about that more than why he lost by fifteen at home to Nebraska. See Bengals head coach Zach Taylor. I did see him. He's looking good. I did see him. I have made that drive from Cincinnati Bloomington. That's a little windy road on there uh-huh. on forty six there for Zach That's Taylor. Dedication to go see some it Nebraska is. basketball. He saw a big road win for them because they need something away from home. Eighty five seventy. Indiana's lost nine of thirteen. The embarrassing nature to the season. Continuing again, three straight losses to unranked opponents. Not something we say often at all about Indiana University. All right, tonight it is the restart for thanks for the Indiana Pacers. They are what did I see? 11 and a half. Does that sound right, Andy? It is does the, sound uh, right. Yeah. Line for tonight. Again, it'll be the Pistons inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. We know Aaron Neesmith is out. Uh, on the other side, we can kind of get into, okay, how would you handle the starting lineup? Jalen Smith is questionable. Remember, he missed those final, what, three or four games before the break due to back spasms. On the good news front, 
Tyrese Halliburton is off the injury report. Now, something to watch for here Sunday, Monday, and Halliburton had a great clip here over the weekend about that 65-game rule, and I thought really gave an interesting answer on it. But, Andy, that's a back-to-back Sunday, Monday. Mm-hmm. We haven't, you know, maybe it's a question we should ask Rick on Tuesday. We haven't gotten there yet with Tyrese. Is he definitely going to be playing in the back-to-back's full throttle? I know we did it, you know, coming out of the Sacramento and New York games uh, a little over a week ago, but that is something to keep an eye on as the Pacers do return home. Again, four straight at home out of the gate, and one of those will be on national TV. That was announced yesterday. The Pacers will have an ESPN game coming up on Wednesday. I forgot the NBA can do a little bit of flexing. The Grizzlies, with their extremely beat-up roster, they have been flexed out. Pacers-Pelicans, 730 on ESPN on Wednesday, there will be a Bally broadcast opposite. So if you prefer Chris and Quinn and JJ and company, you'll still be able to watch that. Hey, get to see Zion Williamson. You jacked up over that? Little Zion Williamson? Zion has been healthy He's year, right? Yeah, this we, were year? Ta- we were talking about that off air. I was looking at his, his game log, knowing they were playing the Pelicans two times coming up. And uh, yeah, Zion's played just quickly. Rough night for top 25 teams in college basketball. I don't know if you saw it. LSU, game-winning shot. It's a crazy finish. Uh, crazy finish over Kentucky last night. Uh, you had Illinois give up a lead and, and, and give up like 20 points in the last couple minutes, basically. They lost to Penn State last night. You had Good Al- news for Purdue. It, it was great news. You had Dayton lose to George Mason on the road. You had New Mexico beat number 22 Colorado State last night as well. So top 25s all over the place. Alabama, by the way, now they're number 13. They beat number 24 Florida. Florida had a lead. Florida played well in that game. Uh, had a chance to win it. Did not win it. But Alabama did get the win there in overtime. So a rocky night last night for top 25 teams. Yes, again, good news for the Boilers is Penn State oh, with a furious comeback to beat Illinois, boy, Illinois got a great look at that lay-in potentially to win the game there at the end of regulation. What did Shannon end up with? Um, they 30, are, 40 points? Did he end up with 40 points last night? Did he have that many? 35, yeah, he had 35. He's great. Two games up now, Purdue back in the Big Ten standings. Again, 7 o'clock from Mackey, 16.5-point favorite. Rutgers has won 4 of 5. This has kind of been an under-the-radar Big Ten storyline, Andy. Uh, they got a player by the name of Jeremiah Williams, eligible for them five games ago. He was involved in a uh, gambling violation at Iowa State. Um, He appealed it. Finally, the NCAA said because he had sat out X amount of games, he was eligible to play on this appeal. And that happened five games ago. Rutgers has won four of five, and he's he's their leading scorer in these five games. So even when Purdue first played Rutgers, even go back to when Indiana played Rutgers, you know, when you watch them this year, you're like, damn, they can't score at all. They still are not potent by any means, but still, they've got a little bit more juice with him in the lineup. He's been a driving guard for them, averaging 13 points. So just something to keep an eye on for Purdue tonight as they respond from that loss to Ohio State. Indiana I, State did get back yeah, to they their did. They winning won. ways that was good. over Valpo. I think I like the over for Purdue uh, tonight, 138.5. You like that? I get a 70 to 70 game. I'm good to go. What pace do we get? Was that the smallest point total of the year? Purdue at Rutgers? It might have been. I'll look it up. I would buy low. I would guess that it was a big turnover number. For some reason, I feel like 68 is popping in my head of what? 68 60. Yeah, it's got, I mean, it's got to be one of their lows, if not the lowest of the season. So, again, what pace will it be tonight in Mackey? Rutgers wants it in the 60s. Purdue would probably prefer it closer to the 80s. So, seven o'clock tips for the Boilers and the Pacers. 
as they are back in action for the first time this week. All right, on the other side, again, that Halliburton clip, it is an interesting comment in regards. He's got a little wiggle room here in the final 26. What storylines are we watching here as the Pacers return to action? Should be quite the individual matchup tonight between two young players as well. We'll hit on all that on the other side. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5107. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Five the fans. You know one thing that bothered me last night, KB? There's one thing that did bother me last night before we dive into some Pacer conversation. Louisville basketball? No, it had nothing to do with that. No, that, that didn't bother me at all. I had Notre Dame minus the one and a half. I, was, I knew how that was going to play it. I've seen that for two seasons. It's not that, but it does involve that game. How are you going to have my, my my man Tom Crean on that garbage Crean, of a basketball a, game? Is Crean such a great color announcer? <laughs> he's, he's, he really is. He's Listen, I like him in studio. I like him when he's on games. He's knowledgeable. He's prepared. He's got a pretty good delivery. Well, he but, cares. Uh, I mean, like, he, he does care. The, yeah, That man is very passionate. No, he's passionate. I like him a great deal. You know, we had him on, what was it, a couple weeks ago? By about a month ago. And he was fantastic. But I mean, he a, treated Notre Dame-Louisville like it was an actual game. Yeah. What, which what, I'm like, thank you. You for that. As someone that watches 40 minutes of Notre Dame basketball twice a week, thank you. Yeah, but I just like, come on, man. I know he's got to earn his, he's got to pay his dues and everything, but give my man Tom Crean on a little, get him a South Carolina game or something. I don't know. Don't give him Louisville's one of the worst teams in D1 college basketball and Notre Dame. Yuck. Did I come see on. a tweet from you that Tom Crean to Louisville? Oh, no. Louisville fans think Tom Crean's the biggest bum ever. When they, when they, when they've had David Padgett, Chris Mack, and Kenny Payne. Uh, as head coaches since Rick Pitino. Yeah. But the joke's on Tom Crean, not on them, of course. It's a lack of, you know, self-awareness is what's going on there. Shout out to Adam. (laughs) We mentioned if you uh, run into AT&T issues this Uh, morning, Adam goes, AT&T customer saw the SOS this morning, turned phone on or off or on off a couple times and it seemed to fix it. Well, interesting. Is this like blowing the cartridge of the video game I mean, back maybe in the day? I've I've restarted my phone twice and that has not worked. Well, so, maybe. for whatever that's worth. Try it one more time okay. right here. All right, we'll do it. That's fine. I got no problem with it. Thank you, I've Adam. I got no one who's going to call me anyway. For the, so. the suggestion there against some AT&T issues here for some people on this Thursday morning. Scott Agnes in less than an hour, we'll chat with him about again Saturday night most viewed NBA All-Star Saturday night. I was a little surprised by that headline. I Steph Curry, Sabrina Nascu, did that draw that many? I, I mean, again, I thought it was a great, um, you know, aspect of Saturday night. But uh, curious if Scott's got some more on that. And then Caitlin Clark in the building tonight in Bloomington. I hope she did not attend the game last night, or you know, uh, have to watch that. Uh, but she will be in Bloomington tonight. Megan McEwen has called several of her games this season. 
She's going to join us in a bit. Is it like a foregone? I feel like we haven't had the she's 1,000% going to the WNBA. I feel like we haven't talked about that very much, have we? But I, I mean, feel we like, have. I mean, naturally. I don't know. Maybe I'm like listening to the Iowa crowd chant one more year the other night. But boy, wouldn't that just be awful for the fever? Well, it'd be awful for the fever. I think with me is, do you want to move on? Even though the professional ranks, I know everyone's like, she's going to take a pay cut with NIL and everything. I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that I don't either. think the Iowa City Farmers Market is all of a sudden paying her I totally agree. upper six figures. Yeah. And you know, I, I, when Nike I see Gatorade. Caitlin Clark brands, I yeah. see national brands that will... Can you imagine if she goes to WNBA and they're like, yeah, let's put her on Saturday night of the NBA All-Star Game. You don't think the brands are going to want that? Oh, yeah. Listen, I, I'm totally with you. And at some point, you know... Uh, is Van Wilder a musty term if I use that? You know what I mean. Everyone knows what I mean. <laughs> yes. The movie yeah. Van Wilder. Uh-huh. Say, it, it, yeah, all of a sudden, I have the urge to watch it. <laughs> yeah. It's a great movie. But Van Wilder, yeah, I mean, does she does she want to stay in college or kind of move on to the next you know chapter of her life? Plus, it might be unfair to compare her to Van Wilder. Her, uh, her yeah. boyfriend's here, right? Connor McCaffrey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw, didn't the star do a story on them? Maybe over the, the the around Valentine's Day about their love. Oh, wow. I think I saw that. It populated be to quite my the pitch to the Pacers. Wow. We like to talk about one of your employees' relationship. <laughs> you know, we talked about it on the air, and I, I know my iPad and my iPhone heard that conversation because our electronics are listening to everything we do, and it started to, it started to populate Connor uh, and, and uh, his relationship with Caitlin to my timeline. So I'm going to say she comes out. I'm going to say she's going to be with the Indiana Fever next season. How about that? Well, I'd hope so. I, we could use it here. I mean, to me, it just seems like a foregone conclusion, but I, I don't know. Maybe Megan will have a little bit more on that. So she'll join us coming up at 9. All right, Pacers back in action tonight. They return from the All-Star break. Double-digit home favorites against the Pistons. You assume, with Aaron Smith already ruled out, that it'll just be Benedict Matherin sliding into that starting lineup? Well, that's what I want. I'm not assuming that. Who, but who else? Like, yeah, I know I, Jeremiah Johnson had mentioned, I don't know if he mentioned him as a starter, to be fair, but he threw out the name of Ben Shepard. Like, and this is what sometimes happens in the NBA. You get coaches that are so strict with their rotations. No, 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 we can't touch the second unit. We want the second unit guys to be kind of in their main roles. Let's take a friend second unit guy, bump him all the way up into the starting lineup. But, I mean, unless you were going to go really big, and I and Jalen Smith's status is even up in the air tonight, unless you wanted to go like Obi Toppin at the three, I, I to me, Matherin seems like the only obvious answer. And then Doug McDermott would obviously play a little bit more off the bench. Yeah, he mentioned, he mentioned McDermott, but I cannot imagine, you know, he's had, what, two games, three games? under his belt, KB, that he's going to be starting. No, tonight I think, and I think for me, maybe not you, but I know, listen, I know you're a Matherin fan. I think for me, the up and down few weeks he had with his injury, the illness, and kind of everything that went into right before the All-Star break, he got a couple days off, and he was one of, you know, he had, I know everyone's talked about, you know, Tyrese Halliburton and everything else. I thought Matherin had a very good All-Star break as well. You know, Friday night, Saturday night, I thought he kind of showed his medal, if you will, and we've been waiting for him to kind of, you know, hey, another chance to kind of be the guy now that Buddy is out, and I think this is another opportunity. I would start Matherin, and I think he should play over 25 minutes. Jaden Ivey's season has been, uh, you know, even off the bench early on. He had started some of the recent games here with Detroit leading into the All-Star break. If we did get Matherin in the starting lineup, that would be Matherin and Ivey, for those that have missed it. Uh, Friday night in the Rising Stars Challenge, 
uh, to say that those two, and Matherin being the instigator, to say that they were um, nose-to-nose a few times would be an understatement during the Rising Stars game. Uh, I believe Ivy's quote afterwards was, I'm looking forward to February 22nd. (laughs) Well, here we are. So Pacers-Pistons on a random Thursday night, maybe not a ton of juice. We're going to get it with those two. They will be, I guarantee you, there will be at least one time tonight where they have to be broken up. What? uh, And I'm fine with that. But But the key is when that happens, if you're Benedict Mather, make sure Isaiah Stewart is nowhere close. Oh, that dude's nuts, man. I'm scared of Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart, the man that punched Drew Eubanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that You don't want him close. Well, he, he maybe get, James Johnson and Benedict Matherin tag team versus... Well, he does the dirty work Jayden in the pregame, Ivey, right? Isaiah Stewart. He's the pregame guy. Wow. He, he dirties I've it up there. I've seen him during the game look like an absolute rhino running after people <laughs> on the floor. You remember that. It's one of the, it's one of the great It's one of the wilder memes. clips. It's like I saw someone tweet out during the playoffs, this is how Isaiah Pacheco runs. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. By the way, Ivy, their last game before the break. He was really bad, wasn't he? He only had two points in 15 minutes. Yeah. But otherwise, the month of February has been good to Jay. I mean, 28 points, 18 and 3, 37, 7 and 6, 26, 23, 15, 5 and 2. I mean, he's had a good month. He has. And he had really struggled good month. in the first couple months of the season. Um, the other name I thought Jeremiah Johnson mentioned with us yesterday that I found interesting was, you know, and this would probably have to be Jalen Smith out tonight as well, which he's questionable. Would Jairus Walker find himself in the rotation tonight? You know, when you start to play the numbers game, remember Walker was on that West Coast trip with the G League guys, with the Mad Ants, last week when they had their health issues. You know, all of a sudden, if you don't have Smith and Jalen Smith, you're a little bit into, okay, what are your wings? You know, what's your 3-4? Yes, McDermott, maybe Shepard. Um, you know, certainly Obi Toppin. So that'll be something to keep an eye on um, tonight. I did want to play this. This is Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, with J.J. Redick. This is from, at, at this point, it's probably about a week old. But Andy, the old 65-game rule. It's obviously been a popular topic. We tossed it Adam Silver's way last week. I thought this explanation from Halliburton was interesting because now the Pacers are back. Halliburton's got, I think, four games to play with with that rule here in the final 26 games of the season. Uh, here was Tyrese Halliburton with J.J. Redick. Did you feel like a sense of urgency to come back sooner than maybe? Yeah, no question. You did. Yeah, what? And then that- not from like our medical staff, but or, or no, like for that. sure. But like from like a fifty-three million dollar incentive. Yeah, type what? Type like I, I thought I was ready to go for the Portland game, and so did our medical staff. Everybody agreed. Um, but I don't think it, if this was never the case, I might have been like another week. Yeah, maybe give it another game or two. You know, let me let me think more through this. Like, let's try to be one hundred percent. And even now with this whole, I've had a minutes restriction now for the last two weeks, yeah. and. It's what's been, your, what's your, it's a 25. It's but, changed. I mean, it started yeah. at 20 yeah. and then it's ramped up and it's been f- terrible. So I think I've just been, been frustrated by it completely, but I understand where the league is coming from. Listen, I think I'm a fan of basketball. Like everybody is, we want the best players to play. Um, but realistically, like we talked about earlier, there's only a couple of us that, that this could hurt financially. You know what I mean? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm curious now we exit. Because I have a couple. Okay, Sunday, Monday, back-to-back. You've got a few back-to-backs coming up. Are, are we totally done? He's not on the injury report, Andy. First time in all February. He hasn't been on the injury report. Are we totally done with the Halliburton health? I agree with a lot of what he was saying. I understand the urge to want to come back. Like, that makes sense. We were at the Vogue on that Thursday night. He mentioned that 
you know, that played into it. He mentioned that you know, even a little bit of the Siakam um, played into it as well. So this is a storyline that I don't think is front and center here on February 22nd. But Andy, if something arises in the next couple of weeks, it becomes a topic again of does he get to 65 games and how do the Pacers handle him if another injury does arise? Hopefully it's not a storyline. But I just want to make sure we don't totally lose sight of it in case something happens. No, it's it's a it's listen, this is going to be some sort of a storyline every single season. Now, maybe not with Halliburton, obviously, but in the NBA, whether it be an award or a supermax, it's absolutely going to be a conversation. Here's what here's my biggest question, and this is and I need your help with this, okay? I'm trying to figure this out. Halliburton makes sure, and even in that clip and in others, to not throw the medical staff under the bus. As in an organization, they understand, and I think it's very goodwill by the Pacers to say, we understand that you can make a ton more money by getting the Supermax deal. I guess the other side would be, would he for sure make one of the teams, you know, the NBA teams? That would be a question. I still think he would, even though he's missed some time. But it's almost like no one wants to take blame, if there is blame, on, well, did they bring him back early? And if they did, how many times does a star player trump what medical may say? Does that make sense? Like, I'm I'm a little confused because... Everyone is kind of admitting now, okay, we brought him back early, but and, and then that maybe cost you, but that would be that would be denouncing the medical staff a little bit in, in all of that. Or did they say, you look good, you're good to go, let's see what happens. I guess I'm a little fuzzy on kind of the chain of command here on how he came back. Does that make sense? I don't well, quite understand it. And that's the difficult nature with, I think, the star players in the smallish markets is that oftentimes you probably sit there and you'd be like, gosh, we got to keep him happy. And, and, and it's delicate. Now, when it's player health, I would like to think you would, and the player would want to opt on the side of caution. But again, when you've got this rule out there, I, I, I can put myself in Halliburton shoes, not really, but maybe a little bit, and say, okay, I get why he would want to be out there. But remember, if you go back you know, a month now, month and a half, Andy originally, what did Woj say? In approximately two weeks, he'll be reevaluated. And then he was back out playing in like 11 days. So not even the reevaluation. It was, no, he, he's back out playing in 11 days. So again, for tonight and you know potentially Sunday, Monday, when you get to that back-to-back, I don't think it'll be an issue. But you know, I'm sitting there Sunday night at the All-Star game, and all of a sudden, I look down on the East Bench, and I mean, he's wearing one of those little back pads. Oh, sure. Remember, I mean, yeah. a, a kind of a little back thing also yep. popped up um, on the injury report. So, again, he's off the injury report for now, but I just think that's something that we've got to keep an eye on if anything happens here in the final Yeah, like, I'm not games. trying to question the medical staff, but I think you almost have to kind of question how the decision was made and if they went in thinking, okay, we think you're good enough to play here, but there is a negative side of all of this. The other thing I would say would be, remember, in the rule, there's the threshold that he needs to play 20 minutes. So you mentioned in a game for it to count as a game, right? Right. Per the NBA, that might be your answer on a back-to-back. 
they did that a couple times, remember, they played him 20, 22 minutes where it counted as a game, and I don't think that was a happenstance. I think they knew what they were doing. Yeah, again, I believe there's just been one back-to-back for Halliburton since all of this um, unfolded, and that would have been la- or probably about two weeks ago now. What it, uh, Was it Kings and Knicks, I want to say, was the back-to-back, and he was 21 minutes in each of those games. Now, again, since then there's been the uptick in the minutes restriction. He played 34 minutes against Chicago or against Charlotte and Toronto, closing out the first half of the season. So just some stuff to keep an eye on as we get started here with the final 26 games of the season. All right, on the other side, it has gotten pretty darn embarrassing in Bloomington. Uh, What should be the big picture conversation down there? We'll hit on that next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, coming up in about a half an hour, Scott Agnes will join us. We'll talk some Pacers. They're back at it tonight. Uh, Our coverage on the fan, Detroit Pistons, Indiana Pacers, beginning at 6.30. Can't wait for that one. Uh, Like we talked last segment, I just don't know what we're going to see from the Pacers. The final 26 games uh, here of the season. Currently the sixth seed if the playoffs were to start today. So we'll see what happens there. Two quick notes before we dive back into Indiana uh, basketball and the debacle that is Indiana basketball. One in the NFL. Did you see Amazon going to pay 150 mil for one playoff game coming up next season? Did what you did, see that? Yeah, I did. What did Peacock pay last year? Do we know that? Boy, I don't know. We'd have to look that up. You got to think that number's more, don't you? Like the NFL's not going to go backwards, right? They're just going to keep charging uh, more and more. So that would be number one with Amazon. I, I kind of think, and maybe I'm wrong, given that they already have Thursday night football and given that how many people use Amazon and have Prime, I don't know if there's the hot takes is maybe Peacock because unless you're a soccer fan or an Indiana, you know, uh, Indiana basketball fan or a Big Ten fan, IndyCar you don't really need Peacock. Well, you're right. No, you're right. NBC uh, NBC paid 110 million. Yeah, the so price, 10 million more. The price the price of the package is always going up. So Bezos got hit with 10 million more. Yeah, so like there, you can afford it. So there you go. So that's going to be 150. So that's out there. And did you see already that? So for we did this story yesterday. This coming season and the next season. So 2024 and 2025. We are going to have the expanded 12-game college football playoff. And in a thing of beauty, all of these guys got in a room and they realized how much money they're going to make on the college football playoff. If you go back a couple years ago, remember that they're like, well, we can't move away from four. (laughs) I mean, what do you think? We're we're never going to move away from four. And then they realized, oh my God, we can make so much money. And so they said, no, let's go ahead and just push this through and do this. Let's expand the college football playoff. Fair enough. Did you see yesterday, KB? that they already have been talking about 14 and 16 teams 
And the thought is in 2026, it's going to go either to 14 or 16. Like it's going to expand. We're going to get two years of 12. Are we going with Oprah invitations and, and to the college football two playoff? Two years of 12. And by 2026, they're going to expand four more. You're going to have, I mean, Notre Dame's going to be, it's going to be good for you. Let's Notre do, Dame's going to be in it every single season. Let's do a March Madness for college football. So what are we doing here? Are we doing no buys? What have, about like the health of these guys no. and how many games they're going to play? Th- that, that certainly went away. Remember that you couldn't have the football season go to far yeah. because of player safety and because of academics. Don't mix too much class. Yeah. And by and by God, look how much that has changed uh, in the last 12 months or so. So you USC students going to Maryland. <laughs> so enjoy, That's too much class. Can't enjoy do it. the uh, 12-team playoff this year and next year because in 2026, I'm guessing it probably goes to 16 teams. Uh, this is from uh, Chris in the YouTube chat. 40-year IU fan officially checking out of this season. First time ever through the early Korean years. I had a buddy of mine who um, lived on my floor freshman year. He's a season ticket holder. He texted me yesterday. Uh, and at one point, this is a few weeks ago, he goes, hey, man, any chance you'd want my tickets to the IU game tonight? And I was like, well, no thanks. He texted me yesterday at 6.30. <laughs> Current state of IU basketball. I've had season tickets for seven years. Tonight was the first time I forgot they were playing. Oh, my God. So he didn't go then? It's 6.30. I guess he didn't go. And then uh, did you see uh, in the lower level yesterday, there was a ticket for sale. Um, I forget who DM me this. Four dollars. <laughs> Lower level. Lower level. You could sit oh, next man. to Chris Tucker for yes. four bucks. Somebody should have jumped at that. That's a great deal. Is this where we're at? Oh, it's where it, we're we're beyond it. Like I, I just I don't I don't know what the next step is for Indiana basketball. I think what, it, do, what I, do Indiana fans think it is? I I mean I mean coaching. I mean roster construction. You can't rewind the same thing next year. Well, okay. If you want to live in the Mike Woodson is back for next year, you empty out. You you sell off everything. You you sell off uh, Kilroy's. You sell off sports. You sell off Great Limestone in Bloomington. Um, whatever they can have a membership to the new golf course. You give them everything in the portal um, to try and find a new look backcourt. I mean that's that's paramount. Um, Honestly, I think you have to have a real conversation about Mike Woodson's future. Because, again, I'll I'll go back to what I said to open up the show. Andy, you're reaching historical, embarrassing levels to the season. But more than that, this was never thought to be some 10, 12 years, you're going to build a statue of Mike Woodson out front. It was, hey, given his age, it's probably going to be like a six- to seven-year run, ideally. And luckily... Archie Miller didn't leave the cupboard totally bare. You have one of the best players in program history that you're going to walk into and find. And, you know, given your, uh, whatever, your connections with your alumni base and your NBA background, this is going to be something where you go on a really nice, again, handful of year run, and then you pass the torch to Dane Fife. Well, the two years of Trace Jackson Davis didn't see much March success, really, at all, uh, at least of substance. And the passing of the torch to Dane Fife, of course, is now gone. And you're at a season that we haven't seen since those early Crean years. Um, so I think the question you have to have is, it's inevitably going to be a change at some point. Even if he has a great run here of like three, if you turn it around and the portal gives you all the Christmas Day gifts that you want, you're going to have to make a change. Is it time to just cut bait now and get ahead of that? I would. I, they, they're not going to. I mean, do you, oh, those are two different things. The majority of fans would like to see 
Indiana move on from Mike Woodson. You would agree with that, right? It, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not I, everybody. It's not unanimous. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it is majority, to okay, be honest. Really? Okay, really? I don't. I mean, I, you know, some people, I think, live in a little bit of those. I guess we probably should throw that in there of living in reality. Can you or would they? I mean, those are two. I mean, financially, yes, I get that it's college athletic programs. They can find money wherever they would want. But let's be honest. I mean, they have spent a whole lot athletically on now Tom Allen. On fired coaches. Yes. Yeah. And moving on from Kurt Connecticut. And I don't I don't even know what the Woodson buyout is. It, it would have to be wild, right? Well, I think it's to the end of is the year. Did I think he just he gets get everything? A, yeah. One year extension last year? Yeah, yeah. That that was in his contract. I'll look so, that up because I think it's I think he gets everything until like April of next year. Like he gets his entire contract. If you fire him, you're paying him the remaining part, part part of his contract. I think the unknown is you do have a new president in tow, but at the same time, I mean, the head of board of trustees is one of Woodson's best friends. So uh, you know, I mean, that you, you, again, you can't ignore that when you talk about this conversation. I just think why I think you have to have this conversation is because again, you have reached the embarrassing embarrassing levels of this season, and I don't see. Like this in-house young team development or growth, individually or team-wise, what I see is a very stubbornness from the head coach, an unwillingness to try and adapt and adjust some things, um, a lack of accountability post-game, um, and you're to the level right now where, again, with how much you invest in your college basketball program, the return on it is rather laughable. Um, so if you view, and I know we've fallen into this trap here lately, but if you if you do view Dusty May as the guy you want, can you pass up that opportunity? I mean, there's going to be some big time uh, jobs that are going to be open. We keep talking about it. Ohio State's if open. If you're Dusty already. May, Louisville's going to be open. And through the grapevine, Scott Dolson says to you, "Hey, man, we can't fire Mike Woodson yet. We're going to hold on to him. But I promise you, once the Woodson era is over, we're coming after you." And if yeah. you're Dusty May and you're sitting there with an Ohio State offer or a Louisville offer, do you believe that? I, I would not trust Scott Dolson with that. If I'm Dusty May, and to be I, fair, I, I would I, not I, turn down either one of those jobs to wait for Indiana. Again, I, I don't know if I'm going to attack Scott Dolson personally. I don't know if I trust college athletics in general oh, yeah. for that to play out yeah, I just, like I, that. I just don't trust that Yeah, that, that narrative in general. Let's play this sound. We heard this uh, earlier on. We played this about an hour ago. Mike Woodson continues down the we're young and Xavier Johnson Avenue. I don't get it. We're young. We're missing our senior point guard. Trying to play a freshman at point guard is tough. You know, Gallo struggled tonight at trying to play the point with his six turnovers. It's a lot that comes in play with that. Um, We've played well enough this year in spurts, but not well enough to complete ball games, and that's what makes it frustrating. I I just, I I don't know. We are to the point of the season, KB, where it's kind of like no matter what Woodson says, we're going to pick it apart and we're going to say, well, that's not right or that's not true. Or or in this case, I can say, well, you get to pick the players. So if they're young or if they're this or if they're that, that's ultimately on you. But I just don't buy what he's saying. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Trey Galloway's played a ton of college basketball. Um, Malik Renew last year was in your program. Khalil Ware is an NBA player. 
Um, I mean, Mackenzie Mbako is, yes, he's a freshman, but you're late February by now. I mean, the old adage is, you know, that they've grown up to be sophomores. And I think if I think he has got better. I think that would be one guy that probably Woodson and his staff could look at. But this whole we're young, it's just it, it's not true. And it's college basketball. Welcome Mike Woodson to college basketball. He didn't mind being young at the point guard position last year. And so I'm just not buying it. And then his obsession with Xavier Johnson is a dangerous one. Because if I look at Mike Woodson, and I look at Mike Woodson, I say, what are the biggest issues he has? He has this loyalty to Xavier Johnson, who at times Xavier has not done things to help this program. And I don't understand why he is in love with Xavier Johnson. I mean, he acts like he's Isaiah Thomas. I, I just, I don't understand it. And then the other thing, and this is, listen, this is not me attacking Mike Woodson. But Mike Woodson was not a wanted coach when Indiana hired him. By the way, I think I might be losing my voice. Does it sound bad? Uh, it's Mark, pretty does obvious, it sound yeah. bad? Uh-huh. Doesn't sound oh, great. Oh, man. What are we going to do? Get a lozenge. We yeah. have a halls around here. <laughs> what yeah, we gonna, I actually what think we, we might. Let me check gonna, my what bag. What are we going to do? Is JMV out tomorrow? Because, you know, if, if I I know he's out speak, today. I was what? texting back and forth. Is, is he okay, by the way? Because here, if, if I, I got can, Oh, there you go. Beautiful. Look at that. that I lost my voice last week. Now it's Andy's turn. Kevin, watch out next week for combine. But like Mike Woodson wasn't a wanted coach. He was a second or third assistant near the end of his NBA career with the Knicks. I mean, that's what he was. That's the reality. He wasn't a young up-and-coming coach. He wasn't Nate Oates at Alabama or one of these established guys, Tommy Lloyd at Arizona or a Dusty May who was a mid-major coach. Was Archie Miller that, though? Oh, Archie Miller was a much-wanted coach, wasn't he? Right. So He he didn't work out, but... I mean, no, he he was in a different spot. I mean, he was he reminds me a little bit of Chris Mack, a guy that had won at that type of level and was ready to move on. Again, the the continued backing or acting like Xavier Johnson is Isaiah Thomas, you know, Yogi Ferrell. I I don't know. Insert all your good IU. Well, Shafino, yeah, great IU point guards here. Obviously, Isaiah on a pedestal far above the rest. It, it, it's just rather asinine to me. Um, he's always been a volatile player. Yeah, um, came off a broken foot. You're eight and six with them in the lineup this year. You haven't been beaten an NCAA tournament team uh, with or without him this season. And to continue to go down that path um, to me is just such a lazy excuse. When you have an open scholarship, they they chose not to fill that scholarship, and they knew. And again, now we're getting deep into the weeds of the IU basketball roster. But Andy, their other freshman, Jakai Newton, a guard. The thought was it was always looking like a medical redshirt type of year for him. So um, I, I just I, I don't understand at all. Were there swings and misses in the portal? Sure. The beautiful thing about the portal is you can swing and swing and swing, and there are guys out there that will happily come to your program. And, you know, I said this the other day, you know, the lack of whatever, Gabe Cups being somewhat competent, ready as a freshman. If you want to go off the star rankings, Brain Smith, not ranked as high as Gabe Cups. Thought Braden Smith did a nice job stabilizing the point guard position for Purdue. Purdue tried to swing yeah. in the portal. They went after Nigel Pack. They yeah. went after Tyrese Hunter. Like we talked about this yesterday, and yet they had to settle, I guess, in quotes, in handing the ball to their freshman point guard, and he handled it darn well. And you haven't had that at all 
at Indiana. But again, you sat there and to use the Mike Woodson phrase, you know, we're hoping Xavier Johnson will stay healthy. We're hoping as we put more on Trey Galloway's plate that all of a sudden he's going to ascend to a bigger role. And to me, that was such wishful thinking. And it was risky business, especially when you're doing it without that scholarship being utilized there. Um, and, you know, really they have 11 guys on scholarship when you look at it with the Ja'Kai Newton situation at all. So technically you could look at it as two scholarships that are open. Can I ask you one thing? Sure. What's the other side of this? For the guy that's out there right now that is like, that, you know, maybe backing Mike Woodson might not be the right thing, but isn't ready to move on yet, is thinking that, you know, this could be, that this is a transition year, that you had the I end mean, of transition the transition year. I, I just, I, I don't I, feel I, this I, way, but I'm saying for that guy, what is the argument? Like, could we accept that argument? Is there an argument? What, so what is I'm, next year then? Because if this year's a transition year and you're about to lose Khalil Ware and there's rumors about, you know, the futures of other guys oh, in sure. that starting lineup, uh, w- w- what is next year? Yeah, they're bringing in a five-star wing, but okay, let's say he's McKenzie Mbako. Let's say Liam McNeely comes in and has an Mbako right. freshman year. Averages 15 okay, a game, which you is know, nice. Fine. Sure. Like, are, are, are we going to play the youth card again? And that's why I sit here yes. and, and, and ask the, do you cut ties because you know the inevitable is coming in a few years? That is, I think, the real question that you have to have because, again, there's never been an easier time to win at Indiana. With how this has turned into a resource-driven college basketball, and it's not about relationships. Um, it is largely about the money. I mean, frankly, that's what how Mbako got to Indiana. For those unfamiliar with the Mbako recruitment, he was at Duke. He was committed. Uh, there was another kid by the name of TJ Power committed yep. to, to Duke. Duke had a player that everyone thought was going pro, elect to come back for a second season. And so the agency that runs TJ Power and McKenzie Abaco, for lack of a better term, uh, they said to Duke, which one's going to play more? Duke said, probably Power. So Abaco decommitted, and that turned into which major blue blood program has playing time and has money? And it came down to Kansas and Indiana. Kansas had less playing time, and so boom, Abaco ends up in Bloomington. Like that, I mean... That is, wow, what a great spot to be in if you're Indiana basketball. Right. That, that's not Mike Woodson's coaching. No, I mean, that is, just, like, to Indiana. That, that, right. that is just a beautiful thing about you are situated as a program to be able to attract that without really doing a lot of the grunt work, if you will, of four- and five-year relationship building and things like that. Um, I, I just, watching last night, it was hard for me to get over the embarrassing level the season has reached. And, and I guess I'm going to shift gears a little bit to the short term, Andy. But again, you are sitting here right now, and people talk about winning on the Big Ten, winning on the road in the Big Ten, like it's, again, climbing Everest. I mean, it, it's, oh my, the vaunted road of the Big Ten. Okay, I think winning on the road is pretty hard in college basketball. I think winning on the road in the Big Ten is difficult in college basketball. Indiana has now lost three straight home games to unranked teams, where in Penn State's case and Northwestern's case, they can make the same Xavier Johnson excuse that Mike Woodson can. And we're talking Nebraska, we're talking Northwestern, we're talking Penn State. What do you think the budgets of those college basketball programs are? What do you think the star rankings are of those 15 guys in the starting lineups that played against Indiana? I looked up the star rankings last night for the Nebraska guys. That's where I was. Yeah, boredom level in the second half. You said there were some zero-star guys? Two zero-star guys. Wow. Now, not our guy Tominaga. Three-star. No, that's our guy. Three-star. 
for the Japanese Buddy Heald. Plus, people have laughed at Fred Hoiberg for how many years, too? Like, we, just throw that on top of it. Would we be zero stars, too? Oh, yeah. Why would we? Or do we get in the negatives? They do negative stars? Well, yeah, certainly negatives on, on that end. But that's where you're at. Three straight home losses by 14, by 15. Northwestern controlled that game for anybody that watched it and paid attention to it uh, for the upper part of 40 minutes. This is not losing, man, two ranked teams in our own building and... Boy, we had a chance late, and you know they just made a couple plays, and you know, like the Kansas game, for example, from earlier in the season. You know, I thought that Kansas game, Andy, I thought it had the potential to be a turning point. Yeah, they won three in a row after that, but they played probably their best game of the season. And I guarantee you, we go back to that press conference. There's something in there that Mike Woodson will say is, you know, we got a young team. I felt like we showed some growth, but maybe at the end of the game, that was a young team that just didn't make the plays. And Kansas has had guys that have been there, done that. All right, fine. Mid-December, you got a little youth movement. I get it. You didn't play well early in the non-conference. You know, UConn ran you off the floor. Auburn ran you off the floor. You're starting to show some signs. But that hasn't happened. You know, we are seeing a team that is not ascending in any shape or form. And I think that has got to add to the frustration, whether it's in-house player development or it's the team as a whole. You're seeing zero signs of upward movement for a young team. And the one guy that you would point to and say is somewhat reliable night in and night out. We just read off where Cleo Ware is in mock oh, drafts. he's not going to be back. So that, yeah. to me, again, it's just continues to, to add. I mean, C.J. Gunn had a flash or two last night, but, like, you know, where's Caleb Banks? You know, some of these guys that we talked about in the preseason, some of the guys that, that you have recruited, they are up there in the rankings. You haven't even seen that with them at all. Two things. Uh, looking at Kempom, they have Penn State on the road. I don't know, is it at that gymnasium that Penn State the played at? Gym. The rec gym. That place looked great last uh, night. It did. Uh, they have Penn State on Saturday. That's the highest percentage game per Kempom that they have to win the rest of the year at 33%. So again, Indiana, the next five games to end the regular season, and I would imagine that would carry over to the first game they're playing on that Tuesday or whatever it is of the Big Ten tournament. 33% is the highest percentage they have to win a game the rest of the season. Let me throw something else your way because I agree with you. You are going to have guys leave, go to the NBA, someone will transfer. Like we know that that's the nature of college basketball. I saw this on Twitter. Specifically, I think this relates to NC State, but I would definitely say Arkansas and my man Rick Patino at St. John's. Arkansas at the time, now they won the other night, so I think they might be 13-13 and 13 on the year. They had a big win, actually. And then St. John's is like 15-12. and 12. They're not an NCAA tournament team. Maybe in the next week or so, they play themselves back on to at least being in the conversation. But I bring up those teams because what did they do? They filled their roster this year with transfers. And it has not worked out. And so my worry for an Indiana fan would be, if I don't trust Mike Woodson with this team, that let's say he does go get transfers, and the transfers are very much at times, not all the time, but at times are mercenaries, right? That that's the excuse next year is well, we didn't really, you know, bring guys in, high school kids, recruit guys and develop them into our program. We went out and got mercenaries and they don't understand what it means to play for the Indiana basketball brand. That's the scary thing to me is that Mike Woodson gets another year. Guys leave because they're going to leave, right? Maybe a Malik Renew ends up coming back. Maybe Galloway gives you another year. 
but the majority of the team is gone. Or a guy like an Anthony Walker or Sparks, you understand they can't play at this level. And you bring in, you know, five, six different transfers. And now suddenly those guys don't understand what it means, like Anthony Leald means, to play for the front of the jersey. That's the next pivot that I would be worried about if I'm an Indiana fan. One thing I'll add, and I remember when we had Tony Adrania on a few weeks ago, Andy, he brought up this stat, and last night was another one. Remember the percentage of losses that now Mike Woodson has had by at least 15 points? And how that number is higher than it was for Tom Crean, higher than it was for Archie Miller? You're getting run off the floor. Guys quitting within a game, lack of in-game adjustments, whatever you want to throw out there. That, to me, kind of adds to the ugly nature to it. Again, it's low-hanging fruit, and Notre Dame basketball is not an ideal example. But, like, for the most part, they've been pretty competitive in a lot of their losses. And I'm like, okay, that, you know, that at least, and they've got, you know, incredibly incredibly young team without the five-star nature to it all. you have something to attach to that says, okay, I understand what the road's going to look like. Not in year three. Right. Those sorts of things. And again, you can point to other examples of it. Um, And and the the whole transfer portal, good and bad, you know, Butler would fall in the good category of it. But at the same time, Thad Mata would say in his first year, when they tried the transfer portal, that would fall in the bad aspect to it. That is the fickle nature to it. Joe and Andrew both asked this question. Again, it's probably a question for a little bit more down the road. We kind of got into this a little bit yesterday. But when I brought up Dusty May, both of them were quick to chime in. Is this you know, Archie Miller 2.0? Why does everyone view him as the godsend? I'm not saying that. It's the name that probably most popular that comes up with IU right now because of the connections. Um, But, you know, I guess take out Dusty May's name. If... And again, I'm throwing out three names that are popping in my head, Andy. If Bruce Pearl calls you through the grapevine. If Chris Beard calls you through the grapevine. If Scott Drew calls you through the grapevine. And they express interest. Well, I mean, if any of those guys express interest, <laughs> that's the easiest thing. To me, the question would be... But but is it uh, easy so, in Scott so what, Dolson and Pam Wooden's right. Like, uh, you know, well, again, if, if not, then Scott Dolson doesn't need to be the AD. If Scott Drew's throwing, like, I want to take over the program. Throw you, in Quinn Buckner. I mean, Buckner and Dolson have these emotional ties to Woodson. And that, I think, is a real question you have to have. Can they remove that if and when thing. they get to that point in this season? Um, I think that... Is the question well, that certainly I, I, I you think have to it's ask. I think it's this you know uh, I'm sure like Colts fans didn't have to live this too much but like as a New York Giants fan they finally got rid of Tom Coughlin and they went and they got Ben McAdoo and then they got rid of Ben McAdoo KB and they got Pat Shermer and so then they got Joe Judge and so it's like I'm getting excited because there's going to be a change of regime but the next guy you bring in is a buffoon to me the question isn't if one of those big-time guys wants to be your head coach. To me, it would be the next step down. Does that make sense? Maybe even a Lamont Paris at, at South Florida, a Amir Abdurrahim who is at South Florida. Um, you mentioned Dusty May, even though he's been to a Final Four, and I know you could say, well, he's a one-year, he's a, one year, he's a two-year wonder. We shall see. A Mark Pope, his name would come up there. To me, it's not... Oh, if Scott Drew wants the job. Guys, if Scott Drew wants the job, you get rid of Mike Woodson. If you don't, then those people don't care about IU. 
than they care about themselves having their guy as head coach and not how good the program could be. To me, it would be that next step down. Can you can you live with Mike Woodson's gone and we're bringing in a name who might be an up-and-comer? Boy, your cough drop did a good job. My voice is bad. He is Andy Sweeney. What am Sweeney. I going to do? We have an hour and a half to go. Like the IU season, oh. hanging on by a thread. Luckily... You want me to lead off the morning checkdown? Yeah, you, you want to. You want to. Yeah, you want to rest it a little bit. The morning checkdown, brought to you by the Barbasol Horizon League Basketball Championships. March starts here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, March 11th and 12th. Pacers back in action tonight, double-digit favorite over the Detroit Pistons. Again, we know no Aaron Neesmith. He's already been ruled out with that ankle injury. Assuming Benedict Mathern into the starting lineup. Uh, if you have not been paying attention at all. Matherin versus Jay Nivey. Watch the fireworks unfold tonight. Again, Pacers a double-digit favorite. Tyrese Halliburton off the injury injury report for the first time in the month of February. So good news on that end. Jalen Smith is questionable with a back injury after tonight. We'll see Luca and company for the first time and the only time all year coming up on Sunday. That'll be a back-to-back Sunday and Monday. I think it's Toronto. Uh, and for those that missed it yesterday, the announcement next Wednesday's game with the Pelicans inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse, that will be on ESPN. That game was flexed to ESPN. So Zion Williamson and company in the building, uh, they flexed out Memphis. I forget who Memphis was playing, but obviously Ooh. tons and tons of injuries for the Grizzlies this season. So uh, Pacers back in action tonight, 7 o'clock tip. Uh, quickly, give me a swoosh here if you don't mind. Uh, college basketball, obviously, we've been talking about it. Indiana losers to Nebraska, 85-70. Purdue back in action tonight against Rutgers. You mentioned that was 16 and a half, I think. I'm looking That's at it here. That's the spread. And again, to, to reiter- 15 and a half, it looks like. Reiterate so, on Rutgers. They've won four of five. Jeremiah Williams, a guard for them, became eligible at the start of that five-game run. He actually had a, like a gambling violation at Iowa State. Transferred, was ineligible, appealed it. Boom! All of a sudden, he sat out enough. He's been able to play the last five games. For what it's worth, Rutgers has won four of five. I looked it up. That sixty-eight point total by Purdue in the first matchup at Rutgers was their second lowest of the season. So, be curious what the pace is like for Purdue and Rutgers tonight. Uh, Indiana State back on the winning uh, track. They beat Valpo, which I think is like the free space game. In that conference, 83-64. All right. On the other side, Scott Agnes is going to join us. NBA announced yesterday the most watched Saturday night in All-Star Game history. Curious if Scott's got more info on that. We'll talk about uh, that with him next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, so Scott Agnes is supposed to join us, uh, and we just looked at Mark Dykton, and he has a face of horror right now. We didn't even think of this with the AT&T and even a few Verizon Customers are having the issue with the SOS on their phone. That might be Scott Agnes, KB. What are we going to do? So I thought you said you could call from Wi-Fi. Can you not? I can text from Wi-Fi. I've not tried to call. 
But no. you can do everything. If you're on Wi-Fi, you can be on your phone say. and do just about everything. But I haven't tried to make a call. Do you want me to call you? I guess I guess we could try it sure. out. Sure. Dial, on the dial air, it out. I mean, what are we going to do? We're not going to be able to get our guy. Scott Agnes scheduled oh, to join no. us here from Fieldhouse Files. Coming up at 9, we'll talk. Caitlin Clark's in the building tonight in Bloomington. That is the 14th ranked Hoosiers against the 4th ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, that is going to be quite the crowd tonight inside of Assembly Hall. Uh, for Caitlin Clark and company there, as this is her first game. All right, I'm calling you right now. Since uh, she set the record on that end. Oh, boy. I, I don't think I'm even going to be able to even call out. Yeah, I'm not able to call out at all. I didn't think this would. I didn't even think about that when we were talking about Scott Agnes. Yeah, we. he might be He might be trapped right now. Oh, my goodness. Mark Dykton working feverishly to get Scott on the phone here. Any Pacers uh, second half storylines uh, that you're? I mean, to, to the biggest paying attention. Sto- Seven the- and eight since the Siakam trade, I believe. One thing they're twenty six in defense since that trade. So I think you know, same old, same old question for me. Uh, but certainly second unit. I don't think we'll see it tonight with Neesmith being out. But eventually, what does the Matherin McDermott? you know, I guess Obi Toppin's sort of second unit with McConnell and company look like. Yeah, to, to me, it's it's what do they do with Neesmith's injury? How long is this injury, right? And he had about a week, six days, whatever it was. We know he misses today. That gives you another two or three days to get things right. So for me, uh, it is, number one, what does Neesmith look like? Number two for me would be, Probably Benedict Matherin. That would be it. It would be Benedict Matherin of, you know, is he going to be back and be solid? Uh, What kind of minutes are we talking about? What does his health look like? And if Neesmith is out three games, something like that, is that something where Benedict Matherin starts in those games and plays more minutes in those games? You know, I thought when they went away from Buddy, I thought, okay, this was the time that Matherin could step up. And he... I don't want to say he didn't, but it didn't work out that way. He's getting another chance here after having such a good weekend this past weekend at the All-Star Game. Yeah, again, Aaron D. Smith already ruled out for tonight. I mean, I got the impression from Carlisle on Tuesday that it wasn't serious with Neesmith. Um, you know, he mentioned he was limited in practice when they got back to work on Tuesday. Um, so I, I don't think his absence will be too, too long, but... I mean, I will continue to say what I've said to several of our guests now. I mean, to me, he's the second most indispensable player on your team. And I I don't think there's much debate. And again, I don't say that as a shot at Siakam. I just think he does so much for you on both ends of the floor. So they'll have a roster or a lineup shakeup tonight with Smith out. Again, I think the assumption is Matherin slides into that starting lineup. Jalen Smith is questionable with a back injury. Uh, The Pistons have obviously been the laughing stock of the NBA this season. They lost. Which it's, it's it's still astonishing to like look at the Pistons and think, wait a minute, they started the year three and thirty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three and thirty f. Excuse me, six. <laughs> Who did they beat? They beat Toronto, did they not? Before Toronto did all the trades with OG. And Siakam, sounds right. I, I want to say that's who they lost. Now that's they've who they won lo- four they of their last eleven. Have Are they, they really? hot? Well, I would say for them they're very hot. Yeah, four of their last eleven. Absolutely. Why is that? Is there a reason besides Jay Nivey playing well in February? I mean, finally, just uh, yeah, yeah, no, there's no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Who's Did, on the roster? Didn't they trade Bogdanovich? Is Kyle Singler still on their roster? I'm joking, of course. Uh, and and I think something Rick 
kind of hinted at us, maybe not as directly with us earlier on Tuesday, but again, uh, this stretch upcoming, your first seven games here, um, you're not going to play a single team in the top five of either conference, East or West. You'll play the worst team in the East in Detroit tonight. You'll play the worst team in the West, San Antonio, coming up in a bit. Uh, This is the opportunity to try and take advantage of some of that because you still have a West Coast trip. You still play Oklahoma City twice. You play Minnesota again. Uh, I think there's a game in there, if I'm not mistaken, against Orlando's kind of had your number. Uh, Yes, you do stay away from the top of the East, largely, um, but you still have, you know, if you're going to kind of parse out, okay, you know, late February, early March, mid-March, late March, and then early April, kind of the final stretches of the season, if you're going to break that up into like three different sections, this is probably the most tame section. Uh, Again, four straight at home out of the gate, and you don't play. Uh, too much in the upper upper echelon. So five and two, six and one. I know it sounds extreme, but I think that should be a realistic goal for you here as you come out of the break. Let me ask you something. So since we probably can't get Scott Agnes because of the AT and T issue uh, that's going through at least Central Indiana, I'm not exactly sure where you know where exactly it's going through uh, in the country. Let's say it is countrywide. Do you think Adam Schefter is AT and T? You think he's worried right now? One of his what, phones what, probably what, does. Yeah, what, what, kind of hopes he what, does. What do you think if you're Ian Rappaport, and maybe NFL's not the right thing, but if, he, if you're Woj right now, we should have looked at his phone last week. Does Woj have AT&T? They probably have both, so they never <laughs> run into this issue. <laughs> so they never have the problem. I should probably, I'm going to text Megan to make sure she's... Uh, well, it's a great point. I think they're both just like, please don't have any breaking news. Bill Belichick is gonna <laughs> gonna join the Chiefs as Andy Reid retires, yeah, or something, is, or is gonna be the special assistant to the head coach in Kansas City or whatever it is. What was Justin Fields' reason for unfollowing the Bears? Just- he said he wanted football off of his feed, so he stopped following all football. He unfollowed the NFL as well, and just said he wanted no football on his timeline, which you, I can't blame him. Did you say what he? Did you hear what he said here? He goes, "Just because you don't follow the girl on IG, mm-hmm. don't mean you're not messing with them." That is something that Justin Fields. <laughs> I mean, I like that answer a lot. Quite honestly, <laughs> is he going to be a Falcon? Uh, I think he'll go. Yeah, that that's probably where I where I think he'll go. You know what? Falcons most, and Steelers are the two you, popular choices. You, I know Mark has his feelings, and he has seen Fields on a much closer basis than I have. You know what's crazy about Justin Fields? I don't have a firm opinion on what the hell to do with him. And I think that's why the Bears are going right. to move on. Like, because if they didn't have the Panthers pick at number one, they wouldn't have to worry about the quarterback thing. But they're in a rare situation where they have the number one overall pick and you have this supposed generational talent in Caleb Williams. And it's kind of like if you're entering year four with Justin Fields and you're still not sure if he's the guy, don't you kind of have your answer then? It's, it's, just, it's just crazy that like I think Justin Fields is a good player. But I don't know if he's much more than that. I also look at it and say, what? I mean, he's been on the Bears. The Bears have been a rotation of... Yeah, they've been garbage. Of garbage, yeah. So it's like, and even the first, what, three years? He only had DJ Moore last year. He's had injury issues as well. Like, I don't know what to do with Justin Fields. I was going to ask you this. If the Colts didn't have Anthony Richardson, how much would the Justin Fields and or Kirk Cousins be a conversation here in Indy, do you think? No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you think Kirk Cousins I mean, would are, be a are, higher are, are they drafting 15th overall, or are they drafting... Let's say they're drafting 15th overall. Yeah. Let's, let's say certainly. everything is the same. Gardner Minshew did what he did last year. You're drafting 15th overall. And, How and much Anthony of a Richardson doesn't exist? Let's say Anthony Richardson doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, sadly, as pathetic of a conversation as that would be, yeah. I mean, we've had that conversation with... 
I mean, Trey Lance and Sam Darnold and Matt Ryan and Deshaun Watson. I mean, Rivers, all of them, all the QBs that have been out there potentially on the open market. You've had Matthew Stafford was a conversation, salivating for him. I mean, all of that. Um, the those conversations have all been there. So yeah, I mean, gosh, not only it's just such a breath of fresh air, and again, it allows you just to do some stuff differently. Like, is it is it Atlanta sitting there at eight? Do they have the eighth pick? Uh, let me look. I, I believe they do. I, that sounds right. You know, because that, I, I think, is like a quarterback needy team that's not in the top two or three. Yeah, they have the eighth. They have eight. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of people have some questions draft-wise. You know, what is that too early for J.J. McCarthy? I think there are some wow. people out there that feel like J.J. McCarthy will appease a lot of the, you know, Kyle Shanahan type of coaches out there. And, um, you know, if you put him into an offense with some young skill guys that are already there, maybe you're going to get, you know, a little bit more out of him. So uh, that's the nice thing about where the Colts are, I think, draft-wise. It's that in all likelihood, three QBs are going to be off the board and potentially a fourth oh, by the time. I think we'll have four. By the time that you yeah, pick. You know, I think we'll have four. There's been some drafts where obviously that hasn't been the case. So that's good news when you're in a position to where you already have your, your guy and you're going to push down, you know, some other – uh, positions a little bit later. We're already starting to kind of formulate a guest list for Combine Week next week. Um, I think you'll enjoy some of the conversations we'll have over there at the Combine. Hoping to have Chris Ballard and or uh, Shane Steichen join, I would say, all, our, our shows in general, uh, but one of those two joining us here from the Combine. We should get that schedule, I would think, like today or tomorrow on exactly when those guys will be chatting. But again, first time with Ballard in about a month and a half. And uh, same thing with Shane Steichen there. Yeah, and Ballard, I mean, we think he'll be speaking along with Steichen on Tuesday, right? Well, Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Could be Wednesday. I, I, yeah, it could, it, it could definitely be Wednesday. The NFL did announce that the GMs and the head coaches will talk one of those two days. Okay. Prospects then begin a week from today. That'll be Thursday inside of the convention center. But, man, it is crazy. It's already here. I, I think that I think this is the best thing that the Colts have working for them are the quarterbacks that are going to be taken. And and I would say this, uh, you could see this as a bad thing. I don't view them ever taking a first-round wide receiver, especially having downs, especially if they pay Michael Pittman in whichever way, if that's franchise tag, if that's on a four- or five-year deal, whatever it is. So you look at wide receivers, there's probably, what, three, maybe four taken before we get to 14 and Brock Bowers. Right. Okay, Which, Again, so, that impacts the Colts a well, little bit it, more, it does. though. Well, and quarterbacks. It does. And, and quarterbacks. So I guess my point is, you know, when you look at corner, when you look at pass rusher, probably going to be someone better who may fall to them because of the run on wide receivers and quarterbacks that you're going to have. I think we have three, and I think there's a great chance that fourth quarterback absolutely goes before them. If you look at any mock draft, you're going to wait a while to see the first defender come off the board. Um, you know, some I think have said, you know, even maybe even get out of the top 10 before you see that. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Again, we'll be down at the Combine uh, probably for three days next week, starting Wednesday and then throughout the rest of the week. All right, we'll continue to effort. Scott Agnes, for those that are just waking up here on this Thursday morning, there has been an AT&T outage. It sounds like across the country, really, for those that have AT&T as a carrier, some difficulty today in either, what, sending texts, making calls, getting little SOS messages popping up there. So if you're hearing us and have AT&T, that could be an issue. If you're trying to contact others today, you might run into a little bit of that 
here as of this morning. All right, well, well, again, try to effort Scott and get into Caitlin Clark in the building tonight in Bloomington. We'll chat about that coming up in a bit as well. It is Wake Up Call. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All here at 93.5 107.5 The Fan. All right, a little adjusting schedule-wise for us here on this Thursday morning. We are fighting AT&T carrier issues, and by we, I mean us as a country. Uh, on this Thursday morning, Andy Sweeney is fighting a voice that's hanging on by a thread here. Uh, so he's gutting it out effort-wise, which we appreciate. Scott Agnes, we were supposed to have on 8.30. Scott has called. Now, Mark, fill us in on what Scott suggested for AT&T carrier issues running into problems this morning. So he has an iPhone, and he suggested that if you're having trouble calling out, turn on the Wi-Fi calling option on your phones, and that seems to have made him able to call out. So he called us, and he said that's what he did. He also had to restart his phone a few times, and that seems to have at least done that. But he said if he didn't turn the Wi-Fi calling on, he would not be able to dial out at the moment. So, Scott, we're going to push to 9.30. We want to make sure we spend quality time with him. we got several questions to get to, not only All-Star Game related, but obviously Pacers-wise. Megan McEwen, that's her maiden name. You'll remember her from... Uh, here at Wish TV for a couple of years, and now Megan Wallace. She has been on the call for several Caitlin Clark games this season. Caitlin Clark in Bloomington tonight to take on the Hoosiers. Uh, that is obviously appointment television for many. That is a Peacock game, 8 o'clock tonight. So Megan's going to join us coming up at 9 o'clock there. It's interesting. I've literally just had someone reach out to me like, hey, you know where I can get tickets to tonight? I mean, this is very appointment, not only television, but viewing. I know several people going to the game, you know, certainly kids with, you know, daughters. Um, I mean, we've seen the scenes. We saw the scenes a few weeks ago in Mackey and really every Big Ten road venue Caitlin Clark has been in tonight. So it'll be the fourth ranked Hawkeyes, the 14th ranked Hoosiers tonight. From Assembly Hall. Yeah, I was going to look up how much are tickets tonight for Indiana women's basketball. I'm on StubHub right now. I'm going to actually that, do that. That is a great question. I mean, there, there's obviously going to be tickets out there, but, you know, it's no offense. I would imagine those tickets are, you know, not super expensive. Now, you can get, I mean, boy, you can get, you can get pretty good seats, you know, for not too expensive. I mean, you can get in and get some pretty good seats for like $30 or even less. Well, tonight. that is what? $30 is triple, quadruple Probably. the amount to get into IU Nebraska yesterday <laughs> as someone sent us a $4 ticket yesterday after the show. In the lower level. This is not the balcony, folks. In the lower level. So they were sitting the behind level. Mike Woodson. That is basically what you're trying to say? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Good on for that. them. And so, again, Megan going to join us here coming up on the other side. Scott Agnes. Um, around 9.30, we'll push the pop quiz a little bit later. Any worry with Purdue tonight? And, and I don't, I guess let me preface it by saying this. This is a different Rutgers team by all accounts. They've won four of five. They've added a guard that's been a 13-point score. Jeremiah Williams, who was ineligible due to a gambling violation earlier in the year. He has been eligible for the last five games. Again, they've won four of five. 
Um, any concern with how Purdue bounces back, which they have pretty much after every loss this season? No, but I will say this: even though I've been a shill for Purdue a little bit, if they come out tonight and they even were, you know, to lose the game or Rutgers pushes them around, whatever it may be, I, I would say, hey, what's going on? Now they were asked about this. Painter was asked about this yesterday, as was Lance Jones. And Jones basically was like, yo, we can't win every single game. And Painter said kind of what I was thinking that, you know, you get into February, things tighten up a little bit, right? Like it's it kind of like the NBA. I, I would expect some of the scoring to go down and the defense and effort to pick up down the stretch in the regular season. And then, of course, once you get to the postseason, but the numbers going back to 2020 and I just picked then I know COVID in the middle of all of this, you know, uh, Purdue 27 and 7 and January 15 and 9 in February. Uh, so I don't know. Do they have a February problem? I don't know if I necessarily feel that way. Um, in fact, I don't feel that way. But if they were to lose tonight, I guess I would kind of look and say, okay, does this team need to uh, refresh themselves at some point in February? I do think they win, but asking them to cover 15, 16, 17 points, that's quite a bit. Wow, did you see this text here from Jason Hammer? I did not see over this. Over in WIBC, he just sent us a screenshot of he logged on Ticketmaster and, into his app and lower-level oh tickets. Oh, my God. I mean, that and, can't be right. And this isn't even behind the bench. Like, you know how at Assembly Hall they have those, you know, what, three or three to five rows or however many rows it is right behind the benches or across from the benches. We're talking lower bowl and, and, and great seats. I mean, row one, row row four, row nine. Uh, prices at $400, okay. $461. I, I, I see what the problem was. I was looking at Indiana Northwestern. <laughs> Oh, jeez. I was looking at that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, that's a fail. Yeah. yeah, that is a fail. Yeah, you can get in upper level for 130 bucks. it looks like. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, upper level. Oof. I mean, what? Uh, what is this $30,000 for a ticket? Is that real? Am I, is that a misprint? There is a ticket. Section C, row two, $1,700 tonight. Unbelievable. And that is a massive venue. Massive college basketball venue. Literally here. Section A, 409. Section K, 461. Wow. Okay, if you're going to go tonight, what you want to do is you want to sit in Section F. You can get a Section F, row 15 to about 25 for a couple hundred dollars a piece. There you go. Sounds like the Bowens need to go up there. What a draw. And again, you could have got Notre Dame Louisville last night for $3. Unbelievable. (laughs) Is that right behind Shrewsbury? These tickets there. Great effort by the Irish last night. Hopefully, you know, not that I'm cheering for your voice to go out, but if it does, we'll just talk Notre Dame Louisville. That's fine. I think it's going out. I don't think you're going to have to hope for it. Now mine's starting to feel a little scratchy. I'm like, oh boy, is this where we're at? Oh boy. Right now, speaking of Caitlin Clark. You can do a one-man show if you'd like. Speaking of the atmosphere (laughs) inside of Assembly Hall, someone that has seen her quite a lot this uh, this season, Megan McEwen, Megan Wallace, her married name. She joins us on the other side. It is the wake-up call, 9 o'clock hour. Nine o'clock hour here to round things out. Again, for anybody that has uh, been up here on this Thursday morning, AT&T carrier issues abound across the United States. Sounds like a lot of major cities, too. Uh, we've run into that a little bit here from a phone standpoint. And so if you're dealing with that, uh, Wi-Fi phone calls, Mark, uh, that is yep. not the right. Is that... Wi-Fi calling is apparently what unlocks Scott Agnes' phone. Okay, so Scott, uh, we pushed him back to 9.30. Andy Sweeney battling a voice here on this Thursday morning, gutting it out 
with us. Let's head to the Payless Liquors hotline and one who has seen quite the act that is really dominating the sports headlines uh, and continuing to and might call Indianapolis home coming up here in a few months. Uh, Our next guest, I guess, used to call Indianapolis home. She is now Megan Wallace, better known, I think, to our audience as Megan McEwen from her time here at Wish TV. Megan, good Thursday morning to you. Hey, how are you guys? We are wonderful. You are currently en route where? Uh, I am en route on I-80 in Pennsylvania. It's the worst drive in America as I head from New York to Penn State. Now, I thought you... So you've got the call for Ohio State-Penn State tonight, is that correct? That is correct, yes, on Big Ten Network. Before we get into Caitlin Clark, before we get into what's going to happen in Bloomington tonight, because you've called several of her games this season, I must commend you. I love your... I, I, it shows you how... Um, I'm very uh, not technologically savvy. Did you do a reel the other day of your favorite Big Ten cities? Is is reel the right phrase of that? That is the right phrase. And I got to tell you, what's funny is I uh, I do our digital content for Big Ten Network, but it's like one of those things where I shoot it and like the younger, much more talented social media people put it together. <laughs> I have never been bullied or trolled harder on the internet. Than I was when I put out my personal favorite Big Ten cities. Now, People oh are boy, brutal, man. I, I I had a feeling <laughs> that that might happen. I've been to I don't know. I've probably been to over half of the Big Ten cities. You obviously, as someone that calls a lot of Big Ten games, you've been to all of them. For those that missed it, maybe give us the Cliff Notes version of your top five. Um. What did I have in my top five? Well, number one was Evanston because I went to Northwestern. My parents are there. Sorry, I like to go see my parents, everybody. Um, Number two, I think I had, uh, I may have had Lincoln, Nebraska high. I love going to Lincoln. Here's what my criteria was, guys. It was basically like how easy is it for me to get in there from an airport? How could I get to the rental car facility at the airport? Is there a good coffee shop somewhere? Like These were not high-level um, you know, intellectual reasonings necessarily. It's just what I enjoy. I had Indiana because I love how you can walk everywhere in Bloomington. Um, I love going to College Park because I grew up as a DMV and I can see my family. And I had one more that was controversial that people got mad about. I can't remember now. Minneapolis because it's the best airport in America. Outside of Indianapolis, I do love the Indy Airport, but Minneapolis Airport is also excellent and it's a delta hub yeah travel takes can get really hot takey i i i could see where those would be out in full force attacking you on. my thing with this everybody was mad that i didn't have madison wisconsin there and my beef with madison is they can't park anywhere yeah i do so remember now parking being an issue when i when i went to an iu wisconsin game back in the day what about so iowa I city i actually liked iowa, iowa city when i when i when i came there I like Iowa City. It's uh, we always stay in Coralville, which is great if you're just like headed to, like either Carver, Hawkeye, or um, football games. It's fine. But uh, I mean, Iowa City is cool. Again, I'm a parking person. Not a lot of parking there. So that's uh, that's where my beef comes, and people are very offended by by this. She is Megan Wallace again. <laughs> Megan McEwen to our local audience who's at Wish TV. Megan, how long were you at Wish? At least a, a couple of years, right? Say it again. We're losing you. No oh boy. No oh boy. Did the uh did the AT&T get her? No, that's I think the, it might be the drive. That's the drive through Pennsylvania. From New York to what where'd she say? Penn State? That's where she's driving. State College, yeah. Oh.
That sounds miserable. It's got to be a brutal. It's got to be brutal. Cold. Is it snowy? Middle of nowhere. We oh, are. Yeah. We are living in the Stone Age here on this Thursday morning with our technological advancement. Well, for- I'm surprised we've had like. <laughs> It sounds like we've had everybody listening like normal, though. For full transparency, what's funny behind the scenes is, okay, so, you know, I don't have the phone or anything because I'm the ATT SOS. And then uh, within our company, we had to reset some passwords. So I did that. And, of course, I'm the I'm the one jackass who has an issue with it. <laughs> so right now, I have no login to anything. I have no company email. I can't get into my company computer. I can't do anything. So I, ha- I have only – thank God my iPad is still working and is good to go. And and we haven't been able to get a guest on until 9.05. Yeah, it's been a struggle bus for us here <laughs> on this I have no voice. Thursday morning. Mark Dykin has efforted Megan Wallace back on the uh, Payless Liquors hotline with us here. Megan, how many Caitlin Clark games have you called this season? Did we lose her? All right, so oh, we're striking man. out again. <laughs> the effort here cannot be higher. <laughs> we're doing. Are we IU in the first half oh last boy, night? We're, we're fifty. What was it? Fifty-one thirty-one uh, uh, at halftime. Well, I was going to ask her what's the most underrated part of Kaitlyn Clark's game, like the part of her game that we don't talk about. We know she can pull up from you know thirty feet from the logo and knock down a shot. She's got a great handle. But what do we not talk about well, with her game? Well, I think honestly, it, it's a bit similar to Steph Curry in that, like the handles and the movement off the ball and that aspect to it. Uh, third time's a charm, Mark Dykton. Oh, here we go. Megan, can you hear us? I thought that you guys just got mad at me again for saying <laughs> I didn't like Madison Wisconsin. Well, we had the West Lafayette crew chime in and, you know, that you didn't have them very high on the list and they all of a sudden decided to cut the cords here. Uh, how many Caitlin okay. Clark games have you called this season, Megan? Oh my goodness, six? How would you just, how would you, and I guess how many home versus away? I mean, have you done away games with her? I assume you have. Yes. Yes. I've done a mix of them. Um, And it's absolutely insane to me how many people, one, know the name Caitlin Clark, and two, have this vested interest in what she's doing right now in college basketball. It's awesome to see as somebody who's grown up around women's basketball my whole entire life. Like, this has been amazing. Um, but it's truly wild, the fandom and the hoopla surrounding Caitlin Clark. The only thing I can equate it to, because I went to uh, the Eras Tour a couple of times this last year, it's like people's love and obsession with Taylor Swift. It's absolutely bonkers. Like, you have young people and, and, and older people in these basketball stadiums crying when they see Caitlin Clark's presence. It is it's insane. I've never seen anything like this before in college basketball. Yeah, we were rattling off some of the ticket prices for tonight. And obviously, IU's got a great program. They're the best shooting team in the nation. Their fan base has certainly risen in recent years. But it is wild to hear some of these ticket prices. I mean, hell, if you just compare them to last night with the men's program. Again, Megan Wallace with us here uh, on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You hear her on a lot of the Big Ten women's games here. Uh, how would you describe Caitlin Clark like personality wise with her you know I feel like that's a popular question with like Steph Curry it's like okay you know such a great shooter and you see the warm-ups and you see all the crazy fans what is she like in um, uh, maybe a quieter you know walkthrough type of setting when you've gotten the chance to talk with her Keelan Clark is such a good kid Um, I I say kick she's you know 22 years old and that's absolutely wild that she's handled all of this the way she has over the course of her career. But, like, I, I tell this story all the time. I called her first game ever on national television when she was a freshman. 
And this was back in 2020, so we're in the midst of COVID. We weren't even sure if there was going to be a season. And we have a Zoom call with her, Lisa Byington and I. And I was blown away by her maturity and poise on this Zoom call. My sister is the same exact age as Caitlin Clark, and I was like, how are you guys the same age exactly? She's really personable, very down-to-earth, um, and just kind of like, she's goofy, you know? Has a big personality and uh, has really, I think, handled all of this so well, the way that you would you would want someone to handle the spotlight that's been on her. Um, and ultimately, like, her teammates love her. And she's the type of player that, like, everybody, like, you know, she, she does all the hype stuff. She hypes up the crowd. She's a trash talker. All those things, which, like, I personally love, and I think that's great. And you see it on the men's side all the time. Uh, but she is truly, like, the full package when it comes to somebody with the personality as well that can handle this type of spotlight. Megan Wallace with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. What's the, I mean, listen, we see, if you watch her, and if you even if you watch highlights, Megan, you know this, you see the deep threes. You know, she can pull it from the logo and knock it down. Her handle's great. We know that as well. What's the most underrated part of her game that we don't talk about? Her vision is unbelievable. Like, Caitlin Clark, well, one, two, two, four. Her rebounding ability, she's, Leads the team or a second on the team in rebounds per game. It depends on the day with Hannah Stolke. But her ability to grab the board and then pass it up ahead 85 feet with complete accuracy is unbelievable. She plays with so much peace. Her passes have so much zip on them. She sees her teammates are open before her teammates do. And it's like that IQ and passing ability is what makes her so dangerous. Oh, and by the way, you can knock down 40-footers. You literally have to guard her the moment she steps over half court. The maiden name, Megan McEwen, probably will ring a bell to our local audience here. She was with Wish TV, uh, Megan Wallace now, and she's called several Caitlin Clark games. Again, tonight, 8 o'clock inside of Assembly Hall. Caitlin Clark and the Hawkeyes against Mackenzie Holmes and company as it's quite the matchup on Peacock at 8 o'clock. Again, Megan Wallace with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Megan, do you get any vibe if she will indeed turn pro or not? You know, she's not indicating anything. So, uh, I, I mean, I've been asked this a ton. And in my personal opinion, I think he's going to go to the league. Um, I have no – I have not heard from her at all. This is just my opinion. Um, you know, she just – he's about to break Pistol Pete's scoring record in about – a week and a half, maybe. He has already gone to a Final Four championship game. Her this year, the main group that she has played with over the course of her career, Kate, Mar- uh, Kate Martin and Gabby Marshall, are going to be graduating. To me, she's accomplished everything she could possibly accomplish at this point in time, and it makes sense for her to go to the WNBA. I know people say the argument all the time, oh, the NIL deals and whatnot. Look, Gatorade, Nike, State Farm, those are just going to become endorsements when you get to the pros. So to me, it makes perfect sense for her to to enter her name in the race uh, for the draft. But, you know, we'll see. Crazier things have happened, and... Iowa is a, is the place to be right now in college basketball. 
and she has certainly taken the state by storm and the country by storm, and she's selling out literally everywhere she goes. Yeah, I mean, hell, you were in the building the other night. That one more year, Chan, I felt like I was hearing it in Indianapolis with how loud it was from that Iowa faithful. Again, Megan Wallace with us. She's got Ohio State, Penn State tonight. Uh, but obviously a lot of eyes here locally will be down in Bloomington. I, I do want to ask about the Hoosiers. You know, right now, if you look at the Big Ten pecking order, Ohio State atop the conference. Uh, you've got Iowa in second, Indiana right there. Obviously, the first game really got away from the Hoosiers in Iowa City in this first matchup. Uh, what have you observed when you've seen IU this season? Uh, you know, obviously without Grace Berger, but you know, still certainly a team that looks capable of making some sort of run. Indiana was playing really well in January. Um, my goodness, I had their Michigan game back at the beginning of the uh, of 2024, where they made every single shot in the first quarter. Literally shot 100%, 13 for 13 from the field. And Sydney Parrish was playing so well at that time. Then, unfortunately for the Hoosiers, she got hurt, missed a good month of the season. Now she did come back and play in their last game against Illinois, which they lost, which was a surprising loss on the road. Um, they just could never really get things going in that game. But she appears to be back, and if they can get her going, Indiana can kind of get back into that, oh, they can win the Big Ten tournament conversation. Uh, but right now, you know, it's uh, they're so disciplined. Like, Terry Morin's one of the best coaches in the country, and her teams are always prepared. They're always disciplined. They always have um, a great scouting report and make great in-game adjustments. But Indiana has kind of struggled with some depth issues this year. Uh, and you kind of hope that they can stay healthy and figure it out as they head into late February, early March. Megan, what is it? We'll end with this, and thank you for the time. Thank you for multitasking here through the drive from hell, it sounds like, uh, with us on this Thursday morning. What's the one thing you miss about Indianapolis the most? Oh, Cafe Patachu, first off. <laughs> My favorite restaurant on planet earth um i talk about it all the time i actually live in new york now so like living in the big food city and i will still say cafe padu is my favorite spot uh to get breakfast so i miss that but yeah i miss the people like shout out anthony calhoun at wish tv and ross bowen our producer like i made some really great friends let's not feed uh, acz go any more than it needs to be hey hey look that that man is an indie legend and uh you know i just feel grateful that i was able to work and what people don't realize is one of the best sports cities in the country when it comes to you know Colts, pacers iu purdue indy 500 I mean, I will always love India. It's a special place in my heart. Well, Megan, congrats on your success. Certainly your background when it comes to the women's college basketball game speaks for itself and seems like you've really found a great niche with that, with what you're doing. Good luck tonight, not only with the rest of your drive, I guess, this morning, but with Penn State and Ohio State from State College. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on, certainly, especially if Caitlin Clark uh, ends up declaring and calls Indiana home. So thank you, uh, Megan. Thanks, guys. Always good chatting with you. Megan Wallace, maiden name Megan McEwen uh, with Wish TV before, and she's been on the call again for about a half dozen Caitlin Clark games this season, and boy, those ticket prices. <laughs> quite, quite uh, high tonight inside of Assembly Hall. I'm looking forward to that one. 
Eight o'clock. Before to dial in that one in. So yeah, sure. Tonight again to kind of set a little bit of the land. You no, know, Thursdays can be a little bit of the quieter night, particularly NBA. I feel like the Pacers don't play a ton of Thursday games. Uh, they will be on seven o'clock. Our coverage will begin six thirty. Again, Pacers Pistons. Purdue will be the same time. I want to say that's FS one tonight for the Boilermakers. They've got Rutgers inside of Mackey Arena, and then Peacock for. Indiana and Iowa, and that just sets the table. We got girls basketball state finals coming up this weekend as well. We had the boys sectional draw last weekend. We're slowly approaching sectionals for them. So, man, before you know it, end of next week, once we get through the combine, March is going to be here and the madness is going to begin. It's a later start, though, this year to the men's tournament. It is. It wasn't a backed up a full week, I think. Yeah, the first round will begin on, and I don't count Dayton, uh, the 21st. March 21st will be the first round. We count Dayton if Butler's in Dayton this year. Well, I Notre Dame's <laughs> won a be. game in Dayton before, yes, and I still don't count. Okay, it. fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. But Notre Dame then won one a game over Alabama in the actual bracket. After that, like I'm fine with the 11 seeds. It's the 16 seeds that I don't care about, and I know they can go on and they I'll can. Tell yeah, that's a fairly different. I understand. I know, but I'm just talking in general. Tobin, the 16, right? Well, Coach yeah. Tobin. Yeah, where's he? What's uh, his Iona. buyout? Could he go to Bloomington? He's at Iona right now. He filed rookie P, I believe. That is right. Yeah. I have no idea how Iona basketball is doing. Remember how confident no Tobin was in the postgame you locker room? right. Oh, yeah. I remember. I've watched Purdue. We can beat them. Like, okay. And I think I bet Purdue in that game. I'm like, okay, this is big mouth coach. And he's mic'd okay. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, okay. He gets ripped I, for 48 hours and they win. Have fun with Zach Eady. Yeah, have fun with that big guy. Tobin getting the last laugh there. So thank you again to Megan McEwen, Megan McEwen Wallace. For joining us there. Should be quite the scene tonight inside of Assembly Hall for all of that. I did want to mention this. I don't, I maybe got lost in the All Star Weekend shuv, um, um, shuffle. Was that the word I was looking for? I don't know. It's been such an awful, it, this has been one of our worst shows ever, technically, uh, technologically speaking and execution wise. Um, have you guys seen that Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, Reggie Miller? All-Star Weekend sit-down? Oh, yeah, I saw it. I know where you're going to go with Did this. Did you watch it? Uh, I, I, I watched some of it, not the entire thing. Outstanding. Yeah, but, it, I mean, the big clip from it was, what, Larry Bird talking oh, about? I don't even care oh, about that. you don't that. care about that? Yeah, okay. Larry wanted to go to Kentucky? Yeah, wanted yeah, to go yeah. to Kentucky I, yeah, and other I don't places. Even care. Like, no, but getting those three in a room together to chat about, you know, life and basketball. Unbelievable storytelling oh, sure. from all three of them. I had kind of forgotten, like, Larry fired Isaiah to hire Rick Carlisle. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they talk about that. I mean, it, it's... Honestly, a question I thought about throwing Rick's way when he joins us next week. But, you know, obviously Reggie played for both of those two. Um, I did think, I guess to your Kentucky point, Andy, you know, there were some interesting Larry Bird, you know, life at Indiana for two weeks stories about him going there college-wise and, you know, ended up at in, in Indiana State. And I mean, just some really funny stuff, some great moments that they bring up and, you know, Reggie being like, Larry, I remember this game when you were a Celtic. And, I, you know, I remember this game when you were a Piston. And sure. they go back to those moments and have Larry and Isaiah retell those games. Uh, obviously, Larry and Isaiah gush over Reggie as a player and really Larry as a worker. Uh, they kind of ended it with Larry talking about some present-day guys like Jokic and LeBron and uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, I, I could not encourage it more. Again, I found it up on the YouTube page for the NBA on TNT uh, but a great sit-down during All-Star Weekend from those three. It's called Indiana Glory, Yeah, if you're looking it, for it. If you type it in Twitter, you should be able to, if, if not find the full link, you'll find excerpts, obviously, right. of the different things it's we're talking about. about. You should find 40-ish it. 40-ish minutes, maybe a little bit longer than that. But 
I really, really enjoyed it from, obviously, three absolute icons in this state. I wonder if if Caitlin Clark ends up at the Fever, what that does to their nightly attendance and ticket mm-hmm. price. Like, I it's know. not going to be $300 to go see her. But the average ticket price might go from eight dollars to twenty eight dollars, well, thirty eight dollars, something like that. And, and and again, this is part of something I think you would would be appealing to Caitlin Clark. I would assume a good amount of her family and friends could still attend a decent amount of home games. I mean, I've made that drive to Iowa City. It's not awful. It's not an awful drive. And I mean, hell, if you're in Eastern Illinois, you're probably a die or uh, Western Illinois, you're probably a diehard Caitlin Clark fan as well. I don't know if the WNBA is in the same boat as the NBA, but something that, and you guys have heard me often poke fun at the uh, Carmel Pups attendance at the Steph Curry games with uh, road teams and stars from road teams. You know, Luka Doncic will be the same way on Sunday. When Luka's in the building, Andy, for his loan meeting all year, there'll be a ton of Luka jerseys. And a big reason why that is often the case here is pull out a map of the NBA cities. Nobody's in Cincinnati. Right. Nobody's in Louisville. Right. Nobody's in St. Louis. So if you are a fan, a sports fan in general, in St. Louis or Louisville or Cincinnati or those surrounding pockets, the closest venue you're often going to get is here in Indianapolis. I assume, I don't know, are there, I, I don't, off the top of my head, I can't think of any WNBA cities in those markets either. So. If you are a part of the Caitlin Clark craze, and again, I know people go into the game tonight with their kids, like with their you know young girls. If Rosie was a little bit older, that would certainly be something that I would probably be doing tonight. So that alone, you're going to get that aspect. They might not be the diehard Fever fans per se, but indirectly, they're going to be Caitlin Clark fans, and they're going to make that drive into the building. So um, I thought Megan brought up an interesting point about Caitlin Clark, and if she has you know any sort of inkling one way or the other, if she'll return to Iowa City or uh, come to the WNBA, she brought up the national brands now turning into endorsements. I think everybody agrees with that. I'm like, wait, you're telling me that Caitlin Clark being on Saturday night against Steph Curry next year in a three point shootout isn't going to be great for all of her NILs and brands, you know, NILs that turn into endorsements? She is from Iowa. There obviously is a bit of hometown feel to it all. But Megan pointed out several of the core players she's played with throughout her career at Iowa, they are graduating. Right. Sure. I mean, she's been there a long time. You know, I mean, yeah. that that to me is another kind of element of, okay, you know, it's a new age of right. teammates around me. You just want to move on with your life. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just want to move on uh, with your life. Uh, now, she was a heralded recruit, right? This is not like a... I mean, I don't know, but she would have to be, right? I don't follow women's basketball recruiting yeah, the way I used to. I was looking up her to. profile the other day. <laughs> Yeah, she was fourth in the nation when she came out in the class of 2020 from West Des Moines. Do you do you know? I, I'm not saying give me a number, but for people that you know that are going tonight, do you know if they're paying those massive prices to get in, or do I they get in on yeah, tickets early? I, I, I would have to reach back out. Um, I, I mean, you s- could spend $500 and sit in the upper level if you took your daughter to the game tonight. Sure. I mean, you easily could do that. Sure. You could spend two fifty a ticket. Gosh, I'm here on the ESPN recruiting page for Caitlin Clark, and the evaluations are just kind of funny. Oh, God, what like, are they? Consummate playmaker, executes in half-court game with precision, unselfish decision-maker, passes right. with purpose, offensive firepower. I mean, they were right. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna. But read there's them no and they mention were of wrong. Right. She'll shoot from the half she'll court and she'll make court. it. Well, they didn't know that then. <laughs> so tonight again, eight o'clock inside of Assembly Hall. 
Uh, it'll be the fourth-ranked Hawkeyes against the 14th-ranked Hoosiers. That first matchup was turned really ugly for Indiana and, and Iowa City. That was that national game on Fox again tonight. Be Peacock at 8 o'clock. All right, we move Scott Agnes here to about, what, five minutes from now, Mark? Uh, we'll push the pop quiz a little bit later in the show. Again, some phone issues run into with that AT&T uh, carrier. Um, hopefully have that corrected. It sounds like some people said that they've now gotten back to normal functions with their AT&T phone. So good news on that end. Before all that, let's do a morning check the Morning Checkdown, brought to you by the Barbasol Horizon League Basketball Championships. March starts here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, March 11th and 12th. All right, let's start from the pathetic performance last night in Bloomington. 85-70, Nebraska beats Indiana for their first road win of the season in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, Nebraska had been 0-7 on the road, had lost games by an average of 12 points. They came out and they put 51 on the Hoosiers in the first half. It was a hell of an eight-minute run for Indiana to start the second half, but then it got back to reality. Um, Again, it is three straight losses to unranked Big Ten teams. I don't even know where to begin to look all of that up. I can't imagine that's happened more than a couple times in school history. It's another 15-plus point loss for Mike Woodson's bunch. Um, what uh, which clip should we dial up from Coach Woodson here? Oh God, which one do you want to go to? What do you want to hear him talk about uh, losing at home, or do you want give me clip four here? Woodson on the guys being down. I thought this was an interesting one. Well, they're down a little bit. I mean, you you expect to be down, and the only way you come out of a rut, uh, come out of a situation that we, and you got to work your way through it. And you know, the, nobody's gonna feel sorry for Indiana basketball. They're not. And you know my locker room is down, and as a coach, I gotta, I gotta keep pumping them up and and see if I can get them to overcome being down and get us back into winning ways. This from one of my friends here, John. He goes, our IU college buddies group chat is solely turned into Coach Signetti memes. <laughs> That's our guy. I mean, there's only one meme. It's a cigarette burning. That's Coach Sig. That's all it is. Has he called Alabama to see if they want to do a home-and-home? Home? I don't think he's called Alabama yet. What, what, is that because Saban's gone? Now you can take Indiana or you can take Alabama down? Uh, Caleb again, DeBoer? I, I Pretty did this. simple. I win. Google me. <laughs> I win. Google me. One of my favorites from Coach Sig there. Uh, you want to do the star ranking thing from last uh, night? Give me the star ranking Nebraska's thing. starting lineup, the stars of those players. Uh, they had a four-star, that, uh, that Gary kid, uh, transferred from Alabama. A couple three-stars. And two zero stars. <laughs> the Gary kid. <laughs> he was good for him last night. Oh, I know. I'm just the Gary and kid. And Tominaga was that. outstanding yeah. per usual. So, again, IU, Penn State on the road for the Hoosiers coming up on Saturday. Uh, Purdue back in action tonight, obviously hosting Rutgers. You can get that one 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. Matt Painter met with the media yesterday previewing Rutgers, a different team the last couple weeks. They're one of the best teams, best defensive teams in the country, if not the best defensive team in the country. So they obviously have an elite shot blocker. They have really good guards. They have interchangeable players really across the board, you know, one through four. They have a lot of versatility where they can switch and, and, and get after you. 16.5-point favorite Purdue as they look to bounce back from their first loss in nine games. We've mentioned this throughout the show. This is a different Rutgers team than even the Purdue squad that they saw a few weeks back. Uh, Jeremiah Williams, a guard, became eligible for them about five games ago. Rutgers has won four of five. Williams has averaged 
double figures, um, handful of rebounds as well. So just something to note because um, I know Rutgers was really having a very down year, especially at the start of the Big Ten, but they've been better here as of late. Indiana State did bounce back and get a win last night. And again, the Pacers back in action. We'll focus a lot on that with Scott Agnes coming up on the other side. No Aaron Neesmith. The Pacers a double-digit favorite. Some good news from a national TV standpoint for the Pacers. We'll chat with Scott about that on the other side. It is the wake-up call here on 93. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 5107.5 The Fan. Phone issues at different times this morning. Did a little AT&T carrier issue, but uh, Scott Agnes has rejoined us here. Before we get to Scott... I don't know, Scott's probably a good person to chime in on this. Um, got a message here from a fan that is heading to the game tonight. Just bought three tickets to see Caitlin Clark in Bloomington in Section F, that is Lower Bowl, um, $208 for three tickets. Oh, three for 208 Three for 208 Okay, that's not terrible. I mean, so, it's a lot of money, but that's better than 208 apiece. Scott, are them. you um are you an IU season ticket holder? Is that correct? Uh, in the family, yes. Do did you have access? So men's basketball tickets. Did you have access to try and buy IU Iowa women's tickets? Uh, there already have season tickets. So um, got it. Because if you didn't know, those helped your point system for men's basketball, just like football does. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, selfishly, I was kind of hoping that would fall in a night where you didn't have, um, you know, Pacers in action, <laughs> Purdue back in action. All of that. Again, Scott Agnes from Fieldhouse Files. Scott, let's begin with All-Star Weekend. The favorite thing you saw and what issues did you hear from fans All-Star Game weekend-wise? Yeah, favorite thing had to be Thursday night. And no surprise, it was the Pacers doing. Um, because everything else about this last week was the NBA. Fans may not realize, but like it is truly an NBA event. They have NBA events people here two weeks leading up to the event. They've come in and check in. Months on end leading up to it. But Thursday night was all Pacers doing as they tried to kind of establish something new, much like uh, Indy did with the zip line and Georgia Street and all of that to set a new standard. This is what the Pacers did. And there was a tip-off party at Bicentennial Unity Plaza just north of the field house. And I thought it was so incredibly well done. It, it touched all the right notes, both um, getting you hyped for the weekend Setting the tone for that, you have two stars and Mike Epps, the comedian actor, and then Tamika Ketchings, Hall of Famer, uh, MC the whole thing. Uh, my favorite part personally was when they brought out any player that had that was in attendance that had been there, and there were about two dozen roughly. Um, and I mean, it was just an incredible sight, and the memories that came racing back to you. I think 
when this all went on. And then to top it off, they hinted at a major uh, you know, performance musically, and it was T-Pain. And I thought he was fantastic for 10 to 15 minutes. And then to top it all off, which surprised me, I still have no idea how Doug Weikamp and all of them over there did this, but they blew, uh, threw up fireworks right there uh, on the right by the field house, um, and I thought it was spectacular. So to me, it was Thursday night and all the Pacers doing. That was my favorite. And then on the flip side of that, any issues you heard from fans? You know, we had Chris Paul sure. on from Visit Indy yesterday. And guys, refresh my memory. Chris mentioned some of the long lines at U- Ubers the, at the convention yeah. center, and then just some ride sharing stuff. So getting into the crossover event, some longer mm-hmm. lines, and then ride sharing. You know, having specific kind of zones for that would be an area for improvement. Anything else that you heard from fans? For sure, yeah, there there was definitely some negatives, starting with kind of the weather, how it disrupted everything. Um, they they planned for some bad weather. I don't think anybody expected anything like we got, whatever. I think that was Friday, uh, where the steps at Lucas Oil Stadium, I was walking down slowly and gripping onto the, the guardrail or whatever, a handle rail. Uh, it was that slick. Um, so that was a concern. Uh, the long lines at the convention center, certainly on Saturday and Sunday, um, they, the convention space was twice the size of what they did last year in Salt Lake City. And inside, it was packed. It was busy. So I felt like that was more of an organizational issue and getting um, individuals in and out because there was only one entrance. I think that's something they should consider doing differently. Um, was it, it seemed like you had to enter, exit, and a special VIP entrance were all in the same spot, also where you bought tickets. So it was just congested. Uh, a negative side, too, was also when you're trying to walk maybe from the convention center south to Lucas Oil Stadium, there's that underground tunnel. Well, that was closed off for NBA personnel only. Uh, and so that forced everyone, media included, to go outside. Uh, I think that's something that, that could have been approved upon. Um, so there were a lot of great things, but I think all those things I touched on, plus the traffic grid within like two or three blocks, um, maybe that's unavoidable, just the sheer numbers. That were downtown. You're talking 100 to 125,000 additional people. Um, but otherwise, I would say it was a, a rather successful weekend for everyone involved. Again, he is Scott Agnes. You see his work over on Fieldhouse Files. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Scott, we saw the NBA announce that Sunday, the All Star game itself, um, up 14%. That's the lead item. If you read the fine print, it's the second least watched All-Star game in history. Then I saw yesterday that Saturday night over at Lucas Oil, the dunk contest three-point, Steph versus Sabrina, et cetera, et cetera. That was the most watched Saturday night ever. Did you see? I, I didn't like find many other details besides that. I just saw the headline. Is that, I guess, right? Uh, I feel like, so let me, let me see if I can pull that email up here, um, that I got from all that, but here, here's my generic thing when it comes to all these ratings, they keep changing the way in way which they've captured. And I don't think anybody truly has a good grasp of what these ratings mean, right? The big thing in the last couple of years, KB has been the, in, uh, the out of home rating was also included in all that, which basically means you're going to get an automatic spike on all the numbers over the last couple of years. So um, it, it's very hard for me, even as a casual viewer who tries to study some of this, to make sense of what it actually means. Was it really up? Um, the other thing to keep in mind, too, is just so many of the bundles right for the weekend. So you had, I think, for Saturday night that you referenced, I think TBS was also broadcasting it along with TNT. Um 
and, and and then you can also stream it on on HBO Max. It maybe was available on Bleacher Report, so it's also available on so many different platforms that help shape that number. Um, so it's it's hard to really get a strong read on where that's out. They put it out at eleven point six million unique viewers, uh, which I would say that seems good. Um, considering I thought it'd be more like four, five, six million. Um, as it mentioned, the game averaged five point five million viewers uh, up last year. So uh, I'm kind of indifferent on this, I guess, is what I'm getting at here, KB. Just because I feel like I've never trusted ratings. This goes back a couple decades, like. I've never been, you know, uh, carrying around one of those old school uh, reporter things that keeps track of what I'm viewing. Um, I'm very skeptical about them, but if they say they're up, I take it with a grain of salt here. Talking some Pacers All-Star Weekend and everything else. Scott Agnes with us here, Fieldhouse Files. He joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. We already know for tonight Aaron Neesmith uh, is going to be out. Who do you think starts and rotation-wise, how do you think him being out changes things up tonight and maybe a few games down the road here? Yeah, it, it would seem that he's going to miss a short amount of time. Um all, the biggest update we got, which I included in my story, was from Rick Carlisle's segment uh, right here on your guys' show. So I thought that's where we got kind of the most thorough update. Um, it kind of resembled what they said about Tyrese Halliburton. I thought that, hey, we thought it was going to be way worse. We're glad he's in good shape. It's gonna miss, he's going to miss some time. Um, but we initially thought it was really bad. So that suggests to me that it's probably a couple-week type injury. And now – Moving forward, you could go several different ways. I think you could go with Matherin. You could try to throw Doug McDermott out there. I think Matherin probably seems to me to be the most likely candidate, Um, especially coming off his big weekend that he had in Indy this past weekend. By the way, in this game, too, that would make it all more fun, too, because of the little back and forth that I think will Mm -hmm. always be there between (laughs) Matherin and Jaden Ivey. I I was talking with – um, Ivy afterwards, and he was like, yep, not surprised at all with that competitiveness. I like it, but nope, that's, that's just him. I don't mind the talk. And and I don't know if viewers or your listeners knew this. Jaden had no clue that Matherin was mic'd up. So when Matherin was talking all that, right, saying, you can't guard me, you can't guard me, and we could all hear on the broadcast, uh, Jaden was not aware that it was going out to everyone like that. So I thought that was noteworthy. Yeah, we almost need Bally to have a side camera tonight with Matherin and Ivy. At all times. Again, Scott Agnes with us here from Fieldhouse Files. Uh, Scott, national TV announcement yesterday by the NBA. Pacers, Pelicans flexed to ESPN. They removed um, the Grizzlies, T-Wolves off of that. Remind me again, this is relatively new, right? The flexing of these kind of late season games. Because, I mean, honestly, I think the Pacers might be a candidate for you know, some other games. Just considering with, you know, the in-season tournament and, you know, obviously Tyrese Halliburton's presence. Yeah, that's one of the, the, the main things I think you'll see is here late in the season. Is, and for the Pelicans, too, with Zion, they're always a, an, att- an attraction, right? Um, one of the big things they added in the last couple of years was more so, I think, for that Saturday night game, which was uh, after uh, college football. So after the college football season, you had that Saturday game to flex in. I believe they've been flexing these kind of late-season dates for at least, a, at least several years. Um, but it makes all too much sense because – it's hard to prognosticate, you know, back in August, you know, what are the Lakers going to look like? What right. are the Knicks going to look like? It's your automatic teams. And then on top of that, you'll have a couple surprises. Maybe Miami has a good year. Maybe they don't. And so this is a perfect situation considering how, how Memphis has had an awful year and so many injuries 
um, that says, yeah, we're good. Let's rather show uh, two more impressive teams. And so uh, that was updated a couple days ago, which is a great addition because this becomes the Pacers' second nationally televised game if you don't include the in-season tournament. Again, before the season, the Pacers for the third straight year were given just one national two TV game. So this becomes number two, and it becomes their first at home this season. Scott Agnes with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Last one for me, Scott. I'm just interested in you following this team for, for many years, um, whether it be our air, the Indy Star, a couple different other places. Jermaine O'Neal in town. Jermaine O'Neal opening up about his time as a Pacer, um, obviously opening up about the, uh, the, you know, the fight there, the malice in the palace. What do you make of his relationship with the Pacers and kind of what he's been through for the better part of 20 years, separating himself from basketball and now coming back around. I think a lot of people uh, were happy to see him back in town this past weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And the growing sentiment um, from fans, too, is, hey, we want to see Danny Granger. Where is he at? Uh, he was one of the, the the key figures during a run, kind of right after the brawl uh, years, that held the franchise up until Paul George and, and kind of he kind of took the mantle um and became the face of the Pacers there. And so that's one guy a lot of fans would like to see. I, my one disappointment, if anything, guys, during All-Star break or All-Star weekend was the lack of uh, accessibility trying to get to so many of these alumni. I would have loved to caught up with many different ones, but sure. there just wasn't an obvious chance there. We did get Reggie Miller in a hotel ballroom for about 40 minutes, uh, which was fantastic. And the trouble, as you would imagine, is there's just so much going on. You don't have time to – get to all of it uh, with just event after event. So there's still uh, kind of that Q&A to come that I'll be writing. But in terms of J.O.'s relationship, yeah, it's, it's you, could, you could always tell, not Rocky, but there was always something more there. Uh, I think it, uh, it's improved, certainly, with Ron Artest, Metal World Peace over the years. Um, something very special happened Thursday night um, at the, the Commission Row, and that's where they had an alumni party for everyone that was in town. And that was uh, kind of before that, I think it was before that tip-off party right outside. And Donnie Walsh was there. So many of these alums are there, which was spectacular because uh, I think over the last couple of years, we've seen the Pacers make a pointed effort to get their alumni more involved. You're seeing them wish them happy birthday on social media. Just little things like that. Roy Hibbert uh, was involved during opening night. I I think he he did the Rev It Up, for example. So many little things like that. And in terms of J.O., there will always be kind of that black mark over um, the group that was involved in that team. And and talking with J.O. a couple years ago when he was back here, uh, for what was the first time in a while, you could tell – he had more to say, and so that's why he worked and tried to get that Netflix documentary up because he felt so much of the coverage and everything was just so one-sided, uh, the harsh penalty from David Stern and such. So he worked tirelessly on that, trying to show separate interviews and trying to say, hey, look, um, during like the deposition or whatever, like they weren't showing the, the security fi- footage. But guess what? I have all the security footage. So. I think that's something he's had to wrestle with for the last couple of decades since it's happened is clearing his name a little bit. Um, but here in Indy, he should realize like he is so appreciated, probably not to the, like he said, even to the extent that he deserves. Um, I, you know, there hadn't been a banner uh, and a number retired mm-hmm. up top in, in, in years outside of Tamika catchings on the women's side. 
Um, you start to wonder, is should there be a, another one? Some might say you go back retroactively and add uh, a couple names from decades in the past, yet at the same time, I just want to make sure J.O. gets his due because he was one of the best players during his time. I think he finished MVP second uh, one year. And so I hope they're making amends a little bit here um, because he definitely deserves his due. Scott, uh, we only got about a minute left, but uh, it sounds like the latest updates on Scott Pollard and his heart transplant continue to be positive. Yeah. That, again, another underrated story um, that came out of All-Star Weekend because it was going on simultaneously. I'm glad you asked. And I appreciate his wife, Don Pollard, who's been providing social media media updates uh, across the board. But apparently he's moved off of ICU-4. Uh, In the last couple of days, he's gotten on walks outside. He's seen the sunlight for the first time in three weeks. I don't think people understand how how bad a shape he was. Like, he couldn't walk, uh, I think, like 20 or 50 feet without stopping to get a breath. Um, So, fortunately, he was finally able to get that heart transplant and seems to be doing well, according to his wife. So that's fantastic. Yeah, great to hear that, because certainly a scary, scary situation for him. Scott, great stuff all weekend long, man. I know it was super busy for you. Uh, you're outstanding per usual with your all-star coverage. And uh, as always, thank you for the time, man. All right, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Scott Agnes, Payless Liquors Hotline. It's time for the pop quiz, 317-239-1070. Give us a call to, for the pop quiz. By the way, you still are o'clock. struggling here in more ways than one, the voice and the phone. Uh, we got to go rapid fire here to close things out. Mark Dykton, you just throw somebody on with us, all right? Okay, fast fingers, James. Hey, James. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Good, James. How are you? Good. James will need efficiency from you here. Andy Sweeney's going to throw number one your way. All right, James, let's get a winner on this Thursday. The NBA season resumes tonight with the Boston Celtics owning the best record in the league at 43-12. Who has the second best NBA record entering play tonight? Is it the Cavs, the Thunder, the Clippers, or the T-Wolves? I'm the T-Wolves. Nice. Sorry, number two here, James. IU lost to Nebraska last night. Who was the game's leading scorer? Was it Tominaga, Khalil Ware, Mackenzie Mbako, or Jamarcus Lawrence? Ugh. Man. And I would hope it was Khalil Ware, but I don't think he's the right answer. But I'll stick with him. Boy, I would not have gotten this right, James. No. Me either. Anything? Yeah. Yeah. Is it it Khalil Ware? All right. Number three. Go ahead, Andy. All right. Purdue hosts Rutgers tonight. The Boilers 23-3 on the season. The 23 wins is the third most among NCAA men's D1 basketball teams this season. Name the team with the most wins entering play tonight. Is it UConn, James Madison, Grand Canyon, or Samford? Uh, I feel like UConn's too easy, so I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Sanford. Mm-hmm. I know he's got one, one of those smaller schools. So. Someone lighting one up there for that one, Mr. Signetti and the uh, James <laughs> Madison. Uh, James, who won the first Daytona 500? Johnny Bochamp, Richard Petty, Lee Petty, or Jack Smith? Uh, we'll go with Lee 
Petty. I have no idea. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Today's the 65-year anniversary, by the way. All right. Happy 292nd birthday to George Washington. 292. Oh, of course. Uh, I love that. What do Tom Seaver, Sparky Anderson, and Ken Griffey Jr., the kid, all have in common with the father of our country, George Washington? Got any idea? Man, this is another one. I have absolutely no idea that they all have gold teeth at one point or something. I actually like that guess. I'm going to give that to you there. All their first names are George. James Madison for number three, 25 wins. He got Lee Petty right. He got the T-Wolves right. Mackenzie and Baco. You blew it! Leading score. Everybody, good luck with AT&T. Andy Sweeney, good luck with your voice. Thank you for everybody tuning in. Have a great Thursday.